Around comics, 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 Nothing's going on except kids playing pranks, trick-or-treating, parking, getting high. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. Chicago, this is Around Comics, a weekly roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime and the co-host of Around Comics, Mr. Brian Scary Salazar. Happy Halloween! And we have our Around Comics regular, Tom the Killer Caters. Uh, four years ago on Halloween, I had a guy dressed up as Bill Cosby call me a cocksucker on the street. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I lived in Madison. I went to school in Madison when they had riots on Halloween like every year. Sure, and one year, we had a, I lived on State Street when they had the huge riots where people were setting garbage on fire. Yeah. And we had a party, which was the like worst use of a security deposit of all time. <laughs> like, oh, God. Someone brought a bag of dirt. Someone brought literally a bag of potting dirt and spilled it on her floor. One of the weirdest things I've ever seen at a party. But I'm leaving the party, and the streets are on, like, fire. There's tear gas, and I just want to get to my girlfriend's house. And I'm walking to... To make sweet, sweet love? To make... No, to make... Yeah, to make love to her, guys. (laughs) It's not weird. No. And I'm walking through... There's a bright line of cops, and I walk through them, and I'm walking through a bunch of people dressed... There's a guy like George Washington who's, like, got a handle of, like, whiskey. And then a guy wearing, like, a Cosby sweater. And, like, he's like, where are you going, cocksucker? (laughs) And I'm just totally, like, Uh, going to my girlfriend's house. And I just walked all the way there. Yes, our guest this week. (laughs) And uh, he is the... Bill Cosby. (laughs) 
He has worked on on such titles as G.I. Joe, Forgotten Realms, Dungeons and Dragons, and he is the creator of Hackslash and Loaded Bible, Bible, Jesus vs. Vampires. He is Tim, no scary middle name, Seeley. Yeah, it's Mikey. How about Skull the Slayer? Skull the Slayer, Slayer, Seeley. That that will will work. Well, if you folks out there haven't already figured this out, this is our Halloween spooktacular. Your house gets waiting outside your house in case you die during this episode. (laughs) The first thing I have to say about our guest, Tim Seeley, who I've never met before, this is the first time I've met him, is I imagine him to be much older. I don't know why, but except... Well, no, not taller, but older. <laughs> no, but Strong. scar on his face. You, you, you know, I actually you've been in comics. That way, I know. Well, that's fucked up. <laughs> you've been in comics for a long time, and so I just naturally assumed you were older. I don't know why. Maybe I, I may be older. I just may look good. Oh, that could be. You, you yeah, did like a hundred and sixty yeah. issue run on GI Joe, right? Yeah. It seems that way. You weren't <laughs> in comics for a while, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is it like if you don't work for Marvel or DC, you can do things for a long time. And nobody knows. Yeah, nobody notices. <laughs> and they're like, well, you did a lot of issues. Like, just because I wasn't jumping around doing two issues of this, two issues of that. That's how it goes. I did like 18 issues of Dark Out, but most people are like, where have you been for the last three years? <laughs> like, fuck you, guys. I've been fuck you. Well, you look good for a man of 57. I've been living that's, in a cardboard that's box. That's all I can say. Else to draw. That's all I, can say. <laughs> I have what? 800 great Superman stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is it about the, the two-block radius around Dark Tower? It's like Mike Huddleston said he lives like Mike's, two blocks. Yeah, Mike lives a little bit south. I but, live a little bit... Uh, this is the hub. Yeah. yeah well, this is it. Tony Akins just sort of wanders the streets <laughs> yeah. until he finds with, a comic with, shop. With Crank, they're looking for a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jill Thompson has a studio over here. This is, this That's awesome. Around. Well, yeah, before, before we get too far in here, um, I would like to let everyone know <clears throat> that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. <gasps> New this week from InStockTrades at InStockTrades.com. The EC Archives Weird Science Volume 1 hardcover. Star Wars creator George Lucas kicks off the full color chronological hardcover presentation of the EC Comics line with a forward introducing readers to the wonders of weird science. Included in the AC, uh, included in the EC Archives Weird Science Volume 1 hardcover are stories by Al Fieldstein, Bill Gaines, and others with art by legendary illustrators such as Wally Wood, Harvey Kurtzman, Joe Orlando, Jack Kamen, Fieldstein, and others from the first six issues of this pivotal comic book title. EC Archives Weird Science Volume 1 hardcover is 30% off. How only much is that? Thirty-four ninety-seven. Shipping is free for orders of fifty dollars or more. Buy it now. You only have to get a book of like worth. You only have to get maybe two eight-dollar books. I'm proud of you for figuring out the He's math. An accountant. Buy accountant. it now at InStockTrades.com. It's like a real radio show. We try. Real pod. Yeah. It's a zoo crew. <laughs> Except for the radio waves. We don't actually broadcast anywhere. We just oh, sure. Uh, we only have 63 confirmed listeners. We have a we have a, a radio range of about 26 feet. <laughs> yeah. It's very it would have hit my Weeks. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Now, Sal, you yes. and I both picked up the EC archives this yes, week. Yes, we did. Fan, freaking tap. Yeah, you know, I, I, I hope that they do really well. I think anybody out there should really pick them up. There, just for the history of EC. EC Comics is such an interesting story, and we'll get into that later on this week when we talk about them in the Comics 101 segment. But they're just such an important part of comic book history. They were the masters of horror science fiction for for a decade, and unfortunately, put out of business, unfortunately, um, but so influential to not only comic books of today oh, and movies. creators of the, movies and television, yeah, and, and you know the list goes on and on, so I, I really think 
anyone should pick them up and 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 check out easy. And you can get it for get it for don't. 35 bucks at Instock Trades, and uh, uh, definitely uh, thank you to those guys. If you haven't gone to InStockTrades.com, please do so. It's a great place to stock up on trades. You get you, great yeah. discounts, and I, I I challenge anyone to spend spend, spend a half hour there and not get that you fifty dollars for the free the shipping. It's easy. If you don't pick these up, you're a pussy. <laughs> Jesus, because Tom. You think that Tom's been you drinking that, since noon today, yeah, so he's yeah, full of Ameri- beef and scotch. He tells us. You think the government like has a right to tell you what you state. can read and not read? And you know what? <laughs> Fuck them. Read EC Comics and then tell everyone else about it. Be All right. And then travel back. Around Comics is recorded every Friday from Dark 7 Tower. to 9-ish at Dark Tower it's Comics and Collectibles. Nine. We'll it's get it at 4835 Northwestern Avenue now. in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by like all of these wonderful like people. Like Tim Seeley or Tim Dave Wachter or Mike Norton or Chris John Centris or Chris Kank or Kareem an all-star Abdul cast. Jabbar. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in the corner. All right, guys. Speaking of, uh, of, of funny, scary, cool stuff, we have a fantastic... October November <laughs> contest. We are calling it the Exterminators Bug Hunt. So Here's your chance to jump into that? the amazing world of the Exterminators. From now until November 30th, you need to find 10 items spread out over issues 6, 7, 8, and 9 of the Exterminators. Write down what issue, page, and panel each one can be found on and email us your answers at info at aroundcomics.com. We'll draw from all the correct entries to find our Bug Hut winner. First place, we'll receive a signed copy of the first Eliminator, ugh, Exterminators Collected Edition Bug Brothers, as well as a signed script from author Simon Oliver and one-of-a-kind sketch from series artist Tony Moore. That's awesome. That is. I wish I could win. I really do. I, I can't enter, but I might cheat and enter under a false oh, no. name. Oh, no. Second place, Val we'll receive salad. a signed copy of Bug Brothers, <laughs> and everybody else gets to read a fantastic book in the Exterminator. So... If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know Everyone what will. Wins. For all yeah. the contest details, go to aroundcomics.com and click on the Exterminator's Bug Hunt banner. Good hunting. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Uh, real quick, long box of love. Thank you, as always, to Brian Bowles. Brian Brian has- sent me an email today with, with, the, uh, with the attached comic. And he's like, I'm packing. I, he's going on vacation. And he was, like, frantic trying to get it done oh, before time. You know, I'm like, Geez, It's going to be two stick figures in the last <laughs> panel. They're watching TV, and the last panel one says, I hate Monday. <laughs> like a bad Garfield. Something like that. No, it's actually pretty funny. So yeah. check but out. bloody for the Halloween. But episode. bloody, yes. Yeah, exactly. So check out that long box of love. With new episodes every Monday of Around Comics. Would that be uh, a. No, I won't say it. Never mind. Uh, PodTrack? PodTrack. Uh, go on our website on the left hand side. About halfway down the page is a little blue button that says PodTrack Survey. Please click on that. Take a little couple minute survey so we can learn more about our listeners and make a better show. You got it. And our main topic today it is the spooktacular Ooh. sound effects. Oh, At I, some point during this episode, you may feel a shocking sensation in your seat. <laughs> Scream! <laughs> are we are we are we recording in uh, what was it's that like, like, like Cas- in the 50s they used to record? It's, it's William Castle. Yeah. It's William Castle yeah, style. Yeah. Where he's got like caskets and shit oh, outside. <laughs> playing in the background. Yeah, absolutely. We're, well, we're gonna be talking uh, with uh, with one of the uh, uh, modern masters of kung fu horror here in just a couple minutes, Mr. Steve, uh, Mr. Niles. Steve Niles. But first of all, I want to talk to our our guest here in studio, uh, Mr. Seely. Mr. Couple. Tim Skull the Slayer Seely. I was thanks for getting that in there. T S T S S. That's my. So. 
we're uh, looking at uh, two books in particular, I guess, is uh, Hackslash yep. and Loaded Bible. Yep. I, I really enjoyed Loaded Bible. Oh, thanks, man. A lot of fun. It, I, I mean, it's it's kind of a horror book. Well, it's, it's got vampires. Uh, yeah. And Jesus. And, and Jesus. Jesus is scary. I went to Catholic yeah. school, and nothing scared the shit out of me more than Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. It's good to see Jesus put through the paces, you know, like really see him get get a run for his money. Well, you know, this goes back to what we've, we've talked about uh, with horror and comedy, because there's some really funny moments in, in, in Loaded Bible. There's some, some real comedy. Oh, in yeah. It. And it's like that we keep coming back to there's a real fine line between horror and, and humor. And with with there's nothing funnier than Jesus spitting on a vampire and watching it you know disintegrate because his, <laughs> his spit is holy. Well, he is the holy of holies. That was, awesome. that, that was such a cool idea, by the way. Thanks. I've been waiting years to get that one out. So. I was just eating at my brain. Where where was the the inspiration for that for that book and and what's the future of of Loaded Bible? Well, the book definitely comes from just um, like when we when I was a kid like. I didn't really grow up in a religious family, but I grew up in, like, a town that's kind of small and conservative and stuff. So my parents were always cool with us, you know, like, my dad would make altar boy jokes all the time, like, before it was trendy. And, you know, like, so I never had to, like, live in that sort of world. But um, so we were always pretty, like, open-minded, but we knew this sort of story. So um, my brother and I just started batting around ideas about doing Jesus versus fighting vampires. Um, And then it kind of combined into a bunch of other things. And then when I finally got the the urge to do the comic, then a movie came out called... uh, uh, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter and I was really bummed out I was like no they did before but then I finally read the movie it's like a musical so I was like oh my god it's, not, it's nothing <laughs> You're okay. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah I was pretty nervous Dodge, but, uh, dodge one there but it was just basically it's you know I mean it's definitely something that comes out of that sort of like stupid teenager idea like that you know angsty I'm goth I've watched The Crow 300 times um, you know 400 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, no that, decent goth is only watching yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it is it is a pretty low low idea, but then it's like, as I got older, like, it sort of got infused with more, hopefully, sort of worthwhile ideas. Well, I mean, are, uh, are you Jesus, glad that you kind of put off writing it and, and fell uh, in? Yeah, a little bit, you know, because I, I think it didn't really find itself until I was sort of pissed off politically. Like, okay. it wasn't until I was sort of like, man, this fucking country's going to shit, and, you know. Like, depending on your views, you may agree or may not, but I just want to tell uh, a no, story, you know. It's going to shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we're we're, we're going to agree with you there. Yeah, well, I'm gonna agree well were you worried at all about sort of, you know, any backlash with it? I, you know, like, the thing is with comics, especially if you're doing any comics, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Like, you could try really hard to piss just people off. Just put it in a Missouri <laughs> library. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are yeah. going to yeah. make you know, take notice. Is, I used to work at a children's book company, and, like, you know, and everybody was so nervous about everything. Like, I was covering nipples on, like... You know, ancient Greek statues, and like that, that's just ridiculous to me. So, but I knew, like, with a comic, you, no one's gonna give a shit. And like, we got a couple letters and whatever, and no big deal, you know. Jesus. I really wanted people to be pissed off, but it's <laughs> well, really hoping, hoping, hoping for a national. Yeah. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate zombie. You did come yeah. back from the dead. <laughs> but like, I, like I get to go on NPR and all this stuff, and I n- nothing. Like, nothing. just you'd think that you know. But people are like, oh, that's comic book, whatever. That guy's fucking douche. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is definitely the superhero in this book. Well, and that's the thing is, then a lot of people, a lot of people that wrote letters to Image, which were, you know, like hadn't even read it. And Jesus is like not a bad guy in the book. He's he's sympathetic. It's just more about sort of you know church and state and blah blah blah. Right. He's getting Whatever. fucked by the system too. He's getting fucked, right? <laughs> and which I think is like a you know to me like that's my really like not very well hidden uh, you know analogy of the story. Whatever. So Jesus is getting fucked too. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus is getting fucked too. Oh, that's boy. gonna be this round comic. Yeah, says. big red tag on <laughs> this one, guys. Yeah. Red Hood, uh, don't download. Yeah, sorry, this Alex. Yeah. 
We, well, let's uh, let's move over to uh, Hack Slash, which uh, the thing about Hack Slash that interests me coming to me, theaters near you. Can, well, yeah. yeah, that's one thing. But but even before that, I mean, you guys really put a lot of interesting marketing ideas into Hack Slash as far as like trailers and you know trying to get that book out there. And um, in in reading it, I mean, it's not from the title you would think okay, it's it's an '80s horror kind of thing, but it's really not. There's so much more in that book than just the title, I guess, is what I, I hope would. so. Because <laughs> yeah. there's not much in the top. It has the hack and the slash. And the, you know. So, yeah. Sort of hacking and slashing. Some slashing. Hacking, some hacking, some, some slashing. slashing. And recently you put out a 25-cent issue. Yeah, I mean, thing. basically, like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's so disappointing because you know, like, once you have a movie out, people will be like, oh, I'll check that out because there's a movie. It's like, why do you care only when there's a movie coming out? Like, there's a comic here, god damn it. It's so, been here for, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was the interest of trying to just get people to be like, well, I have no excuse not to try it, um, you know, just and just try to put out something like, you know, I mean, there's so much superhero stuff, and, you know, it's just trying to make sure that there's stuff out there for people who don't necessarily want to only read, you know, superhero stuff, which I have nothing against because, you know, I have 12 long boxes in my living room, but nothing but. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I just think it's good to have some sort of other there's voices. Ver- there's, space. there's space. Yeah, there's some space in there. There's room for you other know, things. Like, I think horror is kind of like... After superheroes is sort of the thing that works best in comics, I would say, um, as far as like sort of longevity and able to draw fans and you know, I mean, it just seems to work that way. There's a thing in comics where superheroes. I mean, like right now, everyone's talking about how there's a like it's a new sort of golden age for superhero comics, and yeah, like the crossovers are doing well, but those will burn out. (laughs) I mean, like that'll burn out. Yeah, people get sick of it, and then what do you have left? You have well, I just think like superheroes. I mean, it's a great thing to have superheroes because it's it's the basis of sort of what works best in industry. We can do colorful tights. We can do that thing because it doesn't look dumb in comics. You know, but there's a lot of things you can do with it, and you know. You're talking about genre fans, so the same people that really love Spider-Man have a. There's a pretty good chance that they also like Army of Darkness or something like that. So, I mean, there's a really good sort of crossover between the sort of you know wackiness and what you have to accept to enjoy superheroes to what you have to accept to enjoy horror. I think. You know. I think so. that I think there's a good correlation between the two, and I think it's it's cool that I'm starting to see more acceptance of that, or maybe necessarily. Yeah. Because we were talking to Jimmy Palmiotti, like. Maybe ten years ago, there wasn't that mm-hmm. no. much of a people wouldn't make that leap. Accepted. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think there was a, a stigma attached to horror comics that they weren't very good, that they were like horror, a lot of horror movies, and that they were they were the B level. It's like you know, to to the women out there, if you want to read the best yeah. comic, read Superman. Or there's you a know? definition of but what I think is like good. Even in, even, in, even yeah. to a degree, yeah. I mean, I think it's that that's the point where hopefully we're getting over like, you know. Why do you, why does everything have to be so like hoity toity smarty farty? Can't, why can't we just have a good fucking fun? Time? In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah, like you know, I mean, I try to put some more stuff into Hackslash or into Loaded Bible, but hopefully you just read it and are like, oh, that was a creative death scene. I had a good time with that. Why can't we just enjoy yeah. it? I yeah, why can't we have well, a good time? Those are good analyzing comics. it, I think that's a question. Yeah, totally. I think that's a question yeah. that comics are gonna. I think not everything has to be Watchmen. Not everything has to be. I'm talking about the quality of the thrill ride and and a good horror comic should be a thrill ride. You know, you t- um, that's what I loved about Walking Dead from the beginning is that I felt like I was watching a, a great 
classic black and white horror film where right. I was I, I I felt like it was a theater experience mm-hmm. of watching it and not not in a a deconstructed you know oh well, my yeah. gosh you know the, the the plight of man it it was total popcorn enjoyment and sure. and I think that's that's where people think that horror comics can't provide that or couldn't and I think that's changed a lot in the last few years and I think a lot of you used to see too is like horror comics were done as sort of a re- I mean you had stuff like Faust which was a good book but like all these books were done as sort of a reaction against mainstream, so that so to be reacting against mainstream was really fucking dirty and super violent and like right. you can make horror without having to do that. You know, you can you can do really you can do things that can still pass and not have to be put in the adult section. Well, I think clearly, the other you know? the other thing too is it's it's hard. It's difficult to write good horror stories that aren't uh, based on sort of that base instinct of of. You know, shock Break, or, breaking or, you know out what I mean? It's, it's not, yeah. it's it's not easy to do as opposed to a drama. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A horror movie compared to a drama. It, it, to me, it's it's pretty simple to write a drama. Well, there's not simple, but it's like, easier to write a drama story that can affect people as opposed to a horror story. Yeah, because it's, you go into a horror role. story. Expecting yeah. something. Well, I, you I, th- expect I, th- I think things. we I think we see it in comics and movies yeah. and whatever. Is that whenever whenever there's one that's successful, we'll say you know Hostel was successful. Right. And now you're going to see a hundred movies like Hostel. Oh sure. That 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 maybe redefines the the formula, and it, it's finding the new formula that works, and that's the challenge. Yeah. And and, and you know. Well, you, the problem that uh, that always lies in that kind of thing, though, is that the the usually the original one isn't based on a formula. It's exactly. based on sure. a creative it's inspiration. Inspiration, yeah. and then everything else is trying to catch up to it, and that's totally. where you lend you you run into. Bad copies upon, upon you know, although I can't really cap. say shit because Hackslash is clearly based on you know bad <laughs> yeah. copies of bad copies. So there you go. But, well, but yeah. if, it, if it recognizes that, then that's yeah, that's, that's what it's about. There's yeah. camp, yeah. and it, there's there's that that's you yeah. know that's a whole different issue. Is is that can you get to a point where you're you know, using an almost an homage sure. in an intelligent and creative way that it's better than the original. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think we see that in a lot of like Quentin Tarantino films. I was going to say, Tarantino, you know I mean? does Tarantino that. He le- he elevates right. he elevates what is the, typically considered yeah. shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, think that's, Absolutely. I think that's a modern art thing. You know, you look at music the and you have people like yeah. back that recycle, they take everything they've ever heard and then right. spit it back out at you. Like Tarantino is like a mix of. Everything he's ever seen, and none of it. But you can't deny the genius in it. No, yeah, for no, what I it mean, is, you know. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's. But everyone else tries to copy it, and then it's it's. Oh, yeah. There's something you missing. Know, one thing, did you guys? I don't know if you mentioned this is Steve Niles, but like a lot of people talk about how you can't do horror in comics because you can't control the timing, which always pisses me off. So if you ever if you have anything, I guess because. Because like certain people think that horror is only about this, the like spook, Spooking. like like you're just no, sitting there, all of a sudden you go like this. Steve, it's, not, mood. I mean, yeah, it's about mood. But Steve knows all about that. Yeah, it's about knows, mood. Yeah. Like he he's the guy that said it's like you know, because a lot of other people said that you know a like, guy like Steve or, or like Kirkman is like you know horror is all about like how it makes you feel. Right. It's like you know so I mean that's why I, was, I, I hope I did that with Hacks Last Shoes. Like if you try to rely on like oh I turned the page and I jumped out of my seat. It's a comic book. I had no never, sound. Someone right. could accidentally turn to that page well, yeah. right away. And, and right. We, had, we had talked about it. It's like the best horror movie, you know, like uh, Night of the Living Dead is a perfect example. It's not about zombies. It's about the people right. in that situation and how they react to it. Or The yeah. Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is not about, it's not a zombie book. 
Huh. It's about the people in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know Which what I mean? Really, it's always about that sort of larger story. It was like all zombie things kind of come down to the man's inhumanity to each other. Right. Or like yeah. you know, so like that a lot of those deep, sort of things. Yeah. Thanks, man. The thing you have <laughs> to worry is, about yeah. isn't the zombies at the end. It's like no, it's the other, other people, people. because yeah. people. I mean, it's all about your sort of basis. And a really good horror disturbs you because it points out a truth about you or something else yeah. that really. You know, I mean, you don't want to face. Well, well, I don't I mean, wanna, yeah, because don't, it, yeah. the whole thing with hostile is you get that, and it's just people being entertained. That's fucking horrible. That's more horrible than the gore you saw in that movie. It's that people would pay to do this to each other, and you know, hopefully, you sort of see that in like, that's what comic horror really should do and could do, hopefully, better than film, mm-hmm. is that we've got some time to explore it. Mm-hmm. You know, we could, you know, over over like 50 issues of Walking Dead, you can do a lot fucking more than you can with even three Romero films. You right. Know? Right. So Absolutely. like, hopefully, like you know, with with other comic. I just horror, want them to get out of the prison. <laughs> They'll yeah, get there. Yeah, I'm doing the trades yet. Don't let me. Don't tell me. <laughs> Walking Dead just got going up in sales. Is yeah, it really? Oh, good for they it. They just released the numbers and it went up like two percent from the previous good. month. Yeah. I mean, well, a little a little sidetrack from horror comics, uh, just because we have you here. Um, I'm interested. I mean, you you've worked on the uh, the Forgotten Realm stuff mm-hmm. and the Dritz Duerden. Uh, um, I'm as you can tell, I'm a D&D geek that, you know... He said, I, I love it yeah. whenever we get, the press re- <laughs> when we get the press releases that say, fan favorite Tim Seeley returns to G.I. Joe. You know, it's, you're a, fan favorite? Yeah. Well, I don't remember seeing that, but thanks, whoever wrote that. Well, <laughs> my question was, though, I mean, uh, you've worked on a lot of the, the Dungeons and Dragons types of books, yeah, yeah. the Dragonlance. Uh, were you a fan? Were you a player? Yeah. Were you, yeah, were yeah, you, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I lived in the country. <laughs> when I was a kid, I mean, I literally, that's yeah. all we had was uh, Dungeons Dragons and horror movies. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I grew up on. So, um, I mean, I stopped playing it by the time I sort of started, like, uh, having sex, I guess, because you can't do both. <laughs> they kind of, yeah, yeah correlate. You, you got torn away from a game to go have sex. because <laughs> well, you can't really do both. Like, you'll stop getting laid the moment you admit that you play a six-level cleric or whatever. That's the end of that. But, um, no, I mean, you know, I grew up, I, wrote, I read the, the Driss books as a kid, you know, and... Um, and Bob, Bob Salvatore hits me in the shoulder if I say that because he's like, make me feel old, you fucking asshole. Like, you know, because he's, he's Use mean, your initiative. He's a mean Massachusetts guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, so I was really excited. As soon as we got that license, I was like, oh, I'm on Drist. You know, so I really wanted to do that. I'm glad I got That's a great answer. trilogy of books. I mean, the, the, they are. the Dark Elf trilogy is fantastic. I, you know, I wasn't sort of into the classic. other Forgotten Realms stuff as much as I was. The first three Driss yeah. books, like I was really Dragonlance guy, but I mean, those are some really good. When are they going to make a Dragonlance movie? When is somebody going to make? They're doing an animated one. Are they? Yeah. They That's need to do a live action. I see it like they have uh, that 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 15 year old kid that wrote that dragon oh, book, Aragon? Aragon. Yeah. They're making a movie out of that. It's like, what's wrong with Dragonlance? Make a Dragonlance film. Make a trilogy. You it's hear perfect. that, Hollywood? God damn it! Well, they do have the cartoon, and I know it's uh, I know it's coming out uh, eventually. So right, I don't know if well. that's as cool as a movie, but. I'm gonna hold you over. I, I want we'll to see goddamn yeah, Dragonlance on the screen. I don't know. <laughs> Tom is full. Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom is no full of beef, beef and, and scotch. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, well, well um, sh- shall we? Shall we talk to um, um, uh, to Mr. Niles? I think yeah. I think now's okay. a good time to to talk with Master Modern Master of Horror, Classic <laughs> Horror, Classic. No, yeah, you called him a classic. I have. T- Hey, he does like the classic stuff. Guys, I, we're fucking he, with the he, timeline he, right now he, because we haven't heard it yet. Yeah. You guys are fucking talking he, like we already he's full did. Of, right. He's full of beef and scotch, and I haven't slept in two days. So, And I'm just drunk on Jim Beam. <laughs> Who's so better? It's a All great right. show. Who's All right, guys. All right, without further ado, Mr. Steve Niles. We're 
now joined by one of the modern classics of comic book horror, Mr. Modern <laughs> classics? You make us <laughs> modern master. Steve, how's oh, retirement my. treating you? Classic. <laughs> 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 you sound so old. Yeah, that sounds awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's younger than all of us, <laughs> which is... Uh, we are we are joined by one of the modern masters of comics horror, Mr. Steve Niles. Steve, uh, welcome to the show, and welcome to Around Comics. No, oh, thanks for having me. Hmm? Happy Halloween. Oh, happy Halloween. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, say... It's a really busy time of month for me. Oh, or I a bet. busy time of year, actually. I mean, next week, I, the phone won't ring for, for two months, but... This month has been uh, is definitely my month. I'm having a blast. It's really <laughs> hard to get razor blades into apples. It's really yeah. hard. It's nice really stuff. hard. <laughs> Candy. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Steve, hey, you know, you know what? Have you guys ever heard that thing about you know the whole razor blade and apples and the po- you know poisoning candy yes. and all stuff? There's actually like that's actually never happened. It's only happened twice, and it was the parents of the kids. It was that the parents it. of the kids trying yeah. to, you know, take advantage of this urban legend that yeah. has, you know, now makes it. I mean, people. I don't know. I'm in Los Angeles, and there aren't many people that let their kids go out and uh, trick or treat anymore, and it's really sad. I had a it's guy just, show up dressed as an adult last year. Candy. <laughs> it was just a dude ring my doorbell. I know I got, got like eighteen year old kids coming to my house trick or treating. It's like with a with a you know. Well, I, I was really lucky. The past couple of years, I, I have a neighborhood where I get you know two three hundred kids a night, and uh, wow, for a couple awesome. of years there, I, I even would go. I have a um, an effects house kind of place down the street, this place that does makeup supplies for, you know, for movies, and uh, around, Hall- uh, around Halloween, they actually will do prosthetics. You know, you can pay them to do prosthetics and stuff, so I, I had full-blown Frankenstein gear put on. Oh, like cool. The whole, the whole, you know, the whole head and wig and the whole, you know, the bolts and everything, and the kids just freaked out. They just love it. When, instead of candy, do you just give them uh, 30 days of night trades? Uh, no, unfortunately not. I, that's, I can't hand my stuff out to kids. Are you kidding? <laughs> Crying. You know? Tears. Yeah. Well, um, for people that may not know, I don't. I doubt if there's many listening to us that don't know, but uh, you got your start pretty much with 30 days a night. That was at least your big hit. Um, oh yeah, but I'd been in comics 15 years before that. Just nobody cared. <laughs> it doesn't well, matter. We've been doing this podcast for 25 years. <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> That's it. I mean, but actually, you know, the um, probably the first comic I ever put out was like in 1986. Crisis. And uh, <laughs> I used to do a bunch of like Clyde Barker graphic novels and things like that for back in. I don't know if you remember a company called Eclipse. Oh, sure, sure. Right. absolutely. Yeah, I used to do stuff for them as well. But, yeah, but it was 30 Days a Night that definitely was the breakout that sort of got, got all the attention. Well, and, and you, you've become a name that is instantly associated with horror comics um, and soon-to-be horror movies. But um, what is it about the horror genre that, that sort of attracted you to it, or how did you get involved in writing horror stories? You know what? I mean, I really did just kind of, uh, I just fell into it because, I mean, I'm as much a, you know, a mainstream comic fan and, you know, uh, and other genres, you know, film noir. And, I mean, I, I read more James Elroy than I do, you know, Stephen King. Um, it's just sort of the thing that I wound up, I sort of first started out with. And, you know, it's where, where people 
you know, where I sort of made my name and where people now that's where everybody associates, you know, with it. So, you know, I, I don't really, I don't really have a problem being, you know, being the horror guy, but, uh, um, but there's nothing in particular about, I mean, the horror genre, I think, you know, there's some stuff you can do. Obviously it's, I think it's a lot more fun. It's, it, it's more fun. And I think easier to make people, to scare people than say to make them laugh. So, uh, you know, so, so I don't mind. It's just it's it's a really good genre for me. So you're not you're not sick of it yet. I mean, you're not uh, tired of being the horror guy. No, no, <laughs> I, I don't mind. You know, I mean, it's the, I, what really cracks me up about this question. I, I mean, I had the conversation with Mark Millar. Nobody ever gets Bendis on the phone and goes, "So are you sick of writing superheroes yet?" You know, <laughs> he puts out like a hundred times more superheroes than I do horror comics. But it's because mine is considered more of a niche audience. Sure. Um, I get the question. It's like, you know, I mean, actually, compared to what most comic writers do, you know, doing superhero stuff, I just do a fraction of that in horror. So, you know, I have, I still got plenty of fuel, you know, left to do more. Sure. Well, speaking of the the niche market or the niche within the niche that is for comics, it, it seems like that is, is becoming you know more popular in the comics industry. Where do you see the horror genre in comics today, as opposed to you know 15 years ago, whenever you first started writing comics? Well, you know when I when I first started writing comic, you know, or started reading horror comics, you know. Um, I read a lot of pre-code horror, like, you know, Witch's Tale, The Black Cat, and then, of course, EC. And it was really, I mean, EC sort of set the, uh, just set the standard. And then nobody broke out of that for decades. You know, even when, you know, there were, there were finally comics in the 80s coming out, they were like Twisted Tales and books like that. And they were still essentially these, these very similar stories of like, you know, the the guy buries his wife in the basement, and she rises from the dead and comes back and kills. You know, they're like these vengeance stories. And um, it really wasn't until, for me at least, it wasn't until like Alan Moore took over Swamp Thing um, that we started seeing like the real potential for what a horror comic could be, which is like a horror novel. You know, it's an entire. It, it's not just this one hook thing. It can be an entire world. And uh, I think people are finally getting that. You know that that it can be. You know, because horror is really popular in you know in film and in novels. I mean, there's an entire market for nothing but vampire novels, and you know, and we've seen in comics, people are just for some reason people can't get enough of zombie comics. So you know, I think there's always going to be a, a way to do it. What I'm really glad is people are finally starting to realize that you can you can also tell stories. You know, within within a horror comic, it does it doesn't have to be just this. You know, the setup, <laughs> play it out, the revenge. You know, it can be it can be more than just just that. So. Well, it's really funny. I was going to ask you a question, and then when you mentioned Swamp Thing, all the all of a sudden all I could think of was Swamp Thing. And it's funny because <laughs> this uh, happens to Tom a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I get confused very easily. But uh, it was funny because you mentioned that because one of the most frightening comic books I read as a kid was I must have been. Eight or nine, and it was a it was a swamp thing issue where these actors go to a plant a plantation to oh yeah oh out, I remember like, that one to play out like a like a civil war thing, and all of a sudden they start playing all the roles that yeah. like, slavery did. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, for whatever reason, that freaked the shit out of me. <laughs> and like by the end, I was yeah, like, those were scary. Alan Moore told scary, you know, a really scary horror stories while maintaining a character, and 
without falling into these the trappings that you know comics repeatedly fell into with horror while you know movies and novels never did it finally you know finally took a step but yeah i remember that issue was just intense. There was two. There was two. The other one was the one where a, uh, this woman becomes like a werewolf, and the werewolf, the werewolf like crawls out of her say mouth. That one, yeah, where she's in, kept in the hut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that oh, oh, scared the shit out of me. Both of those. <laughs> I, I remember know. those are in the box that my uncle gave me, and those God. That one with the woman gave me nightmares for like. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and that's where he started Constantine, and Constantine was like an evil son of a bitch, and he used to do awful things. I remember he, he was like a really frightening character, and then it sort of, you know, then they decided to make him into a, you know, character character, and he went from being, you know, horrible to just kind of rude, you know. But <laughs> yeah, those were those are good, good because, horror comics. Because what was really great about those books is that the the horror didn't come from like a monster popping out necessarily. Exactly. You know, like it was. The horror of like having people starting to beat each other, like one is a slave well, and one is a person, was really like frightening yeah. on a really weird level, much well, more than a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sort of you know it's sort of well, a thing that I really I, I try to pay attention to, and what I think Alan Moore did so well um, was you know setting up characters that you give a shit about in the first place, you know that you care about, not just uh, you know. Uh, fodder for a monster, you know, I mean, if you get into these characters, you understand, like, I mean, that story, they're actors, and, you know, you really, you got a little bit immersed in their world, so when these things started to happen, it really crawled under your skin, you know, because they weren't just, like, you know, Friday the 13th, just line up the teenagers, and you might as well put numbers on their foreheads and start cutting their heads off, you know. Once their tops come off. <laughs> Once they start getting well, naked, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's, you know, it, the, for me, it's the same thing with horror movies. I'm a huge horror movie fan, or at least I used to be, and not so much anymore. But growing up, I was a, a real big fan of horror movies. But my favorite horror movies weren't about. It wasn't a, a story about what is being horrific or what is being scary. It's a story about the characters involved in it and why they're afraid. And the, you know, well, exactly. It, like I mean, you know, Night of Living Dead. You know, classic example. Sure. Just you know, look at you know all the characters. You, you wind up being wrapped up in the characters and the situation they're in, not whether or not we're going to get to see them bit, you know, or something like that. Though, you know, you were actually concerned for them, you know. Or either, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing is another one. You know, one of my just, favorites. Uh, the, they, the characters drove that story, even though there was there were like horrific monsters. But I think at the same time, then you saw, and you see it in comics as well as in film. You know, especially in the in the '80s in horror movies, you saw them going to you know shock films and blood and guts and hack and slash and well, special uh, special yeah. effects had gotten to the point that they that that was the focus is is how much yeah, blood I, they I could spew. I just spew. find that really boring. I mean, even now with this sort of this trend of uh, torture. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I've said this before, and I was just like, I don't know. It's just like there's something that seems like it's a real cheat to use torture as, as a, as a, as a, a horror device. Because it's like, I guarantee you, if I film a needle slowly moving towards somebody's eye, everybody in the theater is going to just freak out. You know, I mean, nobody can say that. So it's sort of like, I don't know. I kind of liken, you know. Honestly, it's like you know, torture in a horror movie is sort of like a comedian farting on stage. It's just, it's, it's just too easy. It's an easy joke. It's one step you know? away from kick, being kicked in the balls of the movie. 
You know, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, check this out. Look, you know, getting kicked in the balls hurts. And well, you, you, like, yeah. Oh, okay. you, yeah, it's like, I guarantee you, I see somebody getting, you know, whatever, they get their hamstring cut. Yeah, ah, you know, it's going to drive me crazy every time, but it's not necessarily scary. Well, it's, you know, you've mentioned comedy writing twice now, and, and, and it's the same sort of thing in my mind is that, you know, it's that easy joke opposed to something that builds to a, to, well, I don't want to say suspense, but in, in horror, obviously, it's, it's that it's building to suspense. Well, it's like, building uh, to a moment as opposed to going for a cheap gag or a shock gag. Exactly. Or, well, like exactly. Shaun of the Dead, I thought was like a really cool movie that combined humor and zombies and like sort yeah. of, you know. Yeah. It, it Actually, was, last night I watched, any, did you guys see Slither yet? Yes, I have. I, I have not. I was really kind of pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was the icky, gooey kind of uh, gross-out kind of stuff, which you know is kind of fun. But the, I, I like that movie on a, on a variety of levels. I thought it was really, really pretty well, entertaining. It works because, like a lot of good horror movies, it's something bad happens, and then they don't frame it in the way where it's like, "You're oh, look at this! Isn't this horrible?" Like, like mm-hmm. putting it on display, you know. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or a really great horror movie, a movie that freaked the shit out of me when I was a kid, just like Swamp Thing, was Jaws. And Jaws still Jaws scares is one me. Jaws the best horror movies of all time. Still yeah. scares me because Absolutely. the way it's presented is like right in your face and that's it. And there isn't like this elaborate attempt to frame it. You know, yeah. like this yeah. is what it is. Well, I wind up, I, I, I think people go a little out of their way trying to, you know, be clever, especially with the plots, and you've got these double and triple endings and this and that and these twists and turns, and in the end, you know, it's like, it's usually the really, sim- you know, straightforward stories like Jaws that really wind up paying off, you know? Well, that was sort uh, of I, the problem I've always had with, like, M. Night Shyamalan movies is that I always feel like he's writing it backwards. He's, yeah, he's well, coming... He's they're, co- they're, they're two and a half hour Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. You know, once you get the ending, you can't watch them again. My glasses are broke, and I can't <laughs> yeah, read. Exactly. Once you know that the guy, he, Burgess Meredith's glasses break, that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do yeah, it. That's you, know, you, watch with some, you, you know, you know what's coming, you know, and, and I love Twilight Zone, but it does have a way of sort of, you know, you, you know most of the endings when you watch them. Sure. Oh, it's and a world ch- full of turkeys, and I don't have any knives. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible life. Well, what what is it about horror that attracts us? And, you know, this is our our spooktacular episode. And, and what, spooktacular. You know, so so it, what what why why does horror rate us doing an episode? What is it about horror that that attracts us? It's like, uh, it's like, you know, why do people bungee jump or go on roller coasters or, you know, whitewater rafting? People love to get their adrenaline pumped. And horror does that for people. People, it, it gets, it stirs things up. And people like to be scared and thrilled and excited. And horror is one of those ways to do it. Just, you know, same thing with comedy. You know, it's the same thing. I, I would love to see, like, somebody sit with Mel Brooks and go, why do people like to laugh? You know? <laughs> or in like a movie like Young Frankenstein, you know, yeah, which oh is God. like a really great pastiche of both horror and comedy and all the sort of very clever things that it does. With and that, I know that was a really smart movie, and you don't realize it until you sit and you watch like the you know the first Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and Son of Frankenstein. 
how how well they use the source material. There's that great moment when uh, Gene Wilder is in that room. <laughs> when he's in that room and he's like, no matter what I say, don't let me You're out. Tr- and then the second the door shuts, he's like, let me out of here. Let me. Out. That's yeah, the like, I, I was joking. <laughs> it makes me laugh out loud every time I see it, no matter how many times I watch that movie. My my favorite part, and I remember as a kid, I didn't really get the reference, but now I watch it and it just kills me. Is when. Wilder, because he's screaming throughout the entire movie anyway, but when he's yelling, it's alive, it's alive, and he's doing that whole scene, yeah. and they cut down to the monster, like, looking side to side, like, where the, what the hell, where am I? Well, the, you know, the amazing thing I always felt about that scene was, it's not really that far off from the original Universal yeah. Frankenstein movie of him doing, I mean, because it was so over the top. You, you, I know, I know. Well, remember, in the original one, he literally has a breakdown. That scene's a fade-out scene. Yeah. He just, he's like, he's alive, he's alive, and he's going to be like, why, they have to fade out because they're dragging him away. He's like, <laughs> complete. So I thought Wilder did such a great job. of just, I mean, he's screaming from, like, scene one, he starts yelling, you know? <laughs> Throughout the entire thing, I thought that was a really great nod to, you know, the way those films were made. Well, I think there's a connection between comedy and uh, horror, because sometimes I think it's hard to describe what makes you laugh, and it's hard to describe necessarily what frightens you sometimes. Exactly. A very guttural response to both. It's hard to just, you know, because it's the unexpected. It's it's the surprise. Um, And it's, you know, if, if you knew what's, you know, if you know what scares you, or if you know a joke is coming, you generally don't get the same reaction. So it is, it's a really, I get that question, you know, a lot, and it's a really tough one to answer, you know? So, I mean, that's what, you know. Well, you know, uh, going to, go back to 30 Days a Night, one of the things that I think worked so well in that book was Ben Templesmith's art, and the, I, I have to admit that initially when I first saw his art, I was not a huge fan. But then once yeah. I realized how in, integral to the storytelling it was, yeah. uh, I, I've yeah. become a huge fan. Um, well, he really, well, he did, he does that thing that you know you can't always make. You know, it's so different for you know for comic readers. I mean, especially you know, we a big part of it is is the art and being able to see everything. We love detail and all this. And he really, there's some shots where you're like what's going you know you're not really sure what's going on which is like a horror movie right you know where you, you're in the dark and you're kind of trying to figure out what's you know what's out there and i mean he really just set a great mood for the whole thing well and i think you know like i think it was alfred hitchcock maybe who said um you know the most frightening thing is is what you don't, what you see. don't see you know it's your imagination cre- creating and, and i think that's why his his art works so well in that and my next question was you're, you're working on the uh, the 30 Days a Night film. Uh, right. What, they're, fil- they're on day 35 right now of filming. What um, what kind of steps or, or what kind of thought process did you guys put into it as far as trying to transfer that to film? Well, we got, well, the best thing is we got uh, a, the, the, the current uh, script is by a guy named Brian Nelson, and it is spot on the comic. I mean, it really is, with, with few exceptions. They really kept the thread. They kept the emotional thread with the relationship. And, um, you know, I think people who like the comic are, you know, going to be really happy with how faithful it is. But also, Sl- David Slade, the director, I don't know if any of you saw Hard Candy, but he does really high, high stylized stuff. And for 30 Days a Night, he's using 
you know, film stock and and uh, filters and effects to basically make it look like, you know, the 30 Days a Night comic book. I mean, he's really going out of his way to make it look that way. So it is that sort of that murky darkness. It's all, they're not using a, a lot of, a lot of lighting. They're using a lot of natural light sources, which is what I, in the comic, I kept saying to Ben, you know, I was like, once the lights are cut off, all we have is the moon. You know, that's it. It's the moon reflecting off the snow. And they're going to be doing a lot of that in the comic, in the movie as well. I was classed as a madman, a charlatan, outlawed in a world of science which previously honored me as a genius. Now, here in this forsaken jungle hell, I have proven that I am all right. Could you have asked for a, a, a better guy to have associated with the film than Sam Raimi? Um, I, I, that, you know, that's what made me go, you know, because... I, I don't know, you know the story, but it turned into you know a three studio, like a bidding war. And literally the second I heard Ramey's name, I was like, well, they you know, I, I didn't even hear any numbers, I didn't hear an offer, I didn't hear anything like that. I was just just go with Ramey, just you know, well, I couldn't. And I remember at the time everybody was freaking out and going, you got the Spider-Man director, and I was like, <laughs> no, I got, the, I got the Evil Dead director. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the cool things about um, Spider-Man Two is the scene with when Doc Ock's arms out of the hospital. Got, yeah. That was Sam Raimi, classic yeah, Sam Raimi. Complete horror movie. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, like, we keep talking, you know, humor, the fine line between humor and horror, which is kind of funny and scary at the same time. Uh huh. But you look at you look at Evil Dead. <laughs> Don't <laughs> make jokes, Chris. I know I'm the unfunny <laughs> one. But you look at the at the at that fine line through the Evil Dead series and how well that was played off. How it's it, you're laughing at one moment and scared out of your that, mind. That movie is as scary as it is funny. You know, but Evil Dead Two is just I think you know it's just a classic. So are we gonna see any appearances by Bruce Campbell? Um, not that I know of. I mean, I think basically, you know, because Raimi's not directing, you know, because I was thinking the same thing when at first I was like, I was wondering if he's going to get his car in there. (laughs) He always gets his car in every movie. And, uh, you know, so I I haven't heard anything about Bruce Campbell being in this yet, but But, but, uh, I would love it if he were. You do have Josh Hartnett set for... uh... Josh Hartnett is playing Evan, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a. I think that's a great, uh, great selection. He's a. Well, he, you know, he totally. If you really look at the comic, he really kind of looks like Evan. Yeah. And you know, he's got that kind of quiet. Because so, Evan's not like the big talker. You know, he doesn't do a lot of talking. So, I, I think he's. I think he's great for the role. And and again, what I'm hearing from the set is he's doing a great job. Hey, I was wondering. Um, I don't know where it is as far as development, but you had uh, you had started a production company with Rob Zombie, who I'm a big fan um, of. I just started, you know, really what I did with Rob and I, we just started a comic label called okay. uh, Creep International, and that's what we did the nail and Bigfoot through. And as a matter of fact, I just started, um, I just completed the screenplay for Bigfoot. Okay. So that'll be happening. And then, you know, basically that's just... Uh, it was just more, you know, we were friends, and we wanted to do some stuff together. And, uh, you know, when we have time, we want to do stuff. And he's now, he's doing music again, and now he's doing the Halloween remake. So we haven't really had time to do anything else together. But the guy that I'm doing, the, that I have an actual production company with, 
um, for doing films is, is Tom Jane. Yeah, how do you get such cool friends? What's up with that? You must very popular. These are comic. Well, one being in LA really helps. Sure. Um, but also, Tom's like a huge comic fan. So is Rob. Rob, you know, and uh, um, people kind of thought to introduce us, and it just worked out. I mean, literally, with me and Rob, somebody threw us in a room together and was like, "You guys don't like each other," you know. <laughs> and uh, we just started talking, and sure enough, you know, we we had a lot of similar ideas and. We went and did stuff, and then with Tom, I was at a Wizard World, and uh, he had done a bunch of, you know, he had met um, Tim Bradstreet, you know, doing The Punisher, because uh, Tim did a bunch of the ad art, and, and uh, of course, all the, you know, all the great covers he did for The Punisher, and he's the one who suggested that me and Tom meet, because Tom had uh, read one of the Cal McDonald comics, and uh, basically wanted to be Cal McDonald, and he kind of is now on the new criminal macabre covers. Tim is using him as, you know, he's he's the model for uh, for Cal, and uh, we just started talking, and we found we had all this stuff in common, and uh, and then you know we we teamed up to do a couple comics, and now we've got this first look deal at um, Lionsgate, and we're developing the first three movies over there, and uh, I'm I'm working on the screenplay for the Lurkers that I did for um, IDW, and Tom's working on a film called Dark Country uh, that he developed with a friend of his. Uh, and, speak- uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of, of Cal McDonald, we had uh, one of our uh, one of our forum posters, John Sokol, uh, sent in a question for you. It says, uh, can you please ask Steve Nas if we can expect any more prose Cal McDonald work? I love the three paperbacks he wrote of Cal stories and would gladly buy more. So is there more Cal stuff in the future? I've, you know, I've gotten really sidetracked doing the comics because now starting in December, the first issue of Criminal Macabre as a monthly starts. Um, that's with the Tim Bradstreet covers and Kyle Hotz doing the interiors. And uh, I've been really sidetracked by that, but Dark Horse is also going to put out an omnibus of, of the three books. And what I've been doing in the meantime is I've written two or three short stories that have appeared in different anthologies. Uh, one called Dark Delicacies, and this other one called Hot Blood, and um, I'm I'm always working on prose. So at some point there'll be a new collection out, or you know if I ever get time again, I'd love to work on another novel because honestly that's like <clears throat> that's the stuff I really have fun writing. But I, it's also the stuff I it takes the most time, and I make the least amount of money on. And it's really you know it's hard to get it done. But um, yeah, I, I, I there's definitely more Cal prose coming. Uh, I want to say I applaud you for bringing up the topic of Bigfoot more. In <laughs> I love I love Bigfoot. Bringing the light to yeah, Bigfoot. Yeah, to Bigfoot. Bigfoot is scary. Bigfoot. I, cool. um, I know. Um, I grew up with like in search of you know with Leonard Nimoy. Have Neoy, you ever heard you know, any of the scaring art... the crap out of us with Bigfoot? Have you ever heard then... any of the Art Bell episodes about Bigfoot? The which one? Art Bell. He's the guy who does that like late night show, like from twelve to four a.m. where they talk about no, aliens and Bigfoot. No, I haven't seen it. What did he do? He talks about shit like Bigfoot or aliens. He retired a couple years Conspiracy ago. Conspiracy theories. Yeah, but you can get it uh, off BitTorrent. And there's this great Bigfoot story about a guy who shoots a Bigfoot when he's a kid, and he's convinced that big feet are following him all over the earth and he can hear them oh, like howling at night and the way he tells it is like i remember when i was like 12 it scared the shit out of me so when you mentioned bigfoot for whatever reason i thought of the art bell story with the guy 
You can well, find I, it online. It's great. Did you, did you ever see this movie? I, it was called Legend of Boggy Creek. Uh, I believe I have seen that, yeah. It's, I'm trying it's to remember. Shit, but it's, <laughs> That's but what I remember. When I was like 10 or 11, the commercials were the scariest thing in the world. And that's what... And that's kind of what I based the Bigfoot comic on, you know, was, you know, this little kid, you know, witnessing his family being, you know, mutilated by a Bigfoot, and then years later as an adult going back and looking for him. <laughs> and uh, I've always, I just, you know, I, I just always hated what they, you know, when they started making, you know, did Harry and the Hendersons and Boo! all that stuff, <laughs> making him, making him cute and all that, that sucks. stuff. I, I just hated scary. it, you know. Yeah, I like I like scary Bigfoot much better. <laughs> He's gonna follow you. Well, one of the things I, I when I was a kid, I really enjoyed uh, the Adams Family ca- cartoons or comics from Charles Adams uh, from the New Yorker. And oh God, yeah. And you you started doing this book called The Cryptics, which uh-huh. uh, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of that. That that brings me back to sort of I mean, not in um, I mean it's, I, I'm not trying to relate it to Charles Adams, but I'm just saying. The the the, the sensibility of it, or, or to some degree, the feel of it, right. really brings me well, back to that era. Yeah, well, that's you know, when I was a kid, you know, I mean, I, I when I was really young, obviously, I, I loved like Dennis the Menace and, and Peanuts and stuff like that. And then got a little older, I started reading Gahan Wilson and you know, and and Charles Adams and Edward Gorey and stuff like that. And I've always really loved. You know, it's just, it's just another aspect of horror that you can play with. There is just like this sort of kind of cute macabre thing you can do and uh i was lucked out immensely meeting you know uh ben roman is couldn't be a i mean he's just the perfect artist for it so we're actually we're just about done with the second issue right now cool and we're starting to do like the first one with all those little shorts and you know they're like one pagers two pagers which by the way are the hardest thing in the world to write (laughs) you know any of those like quick gags i don't know how guys like charles schultz did did those things every day for that many years uh but so we decided on the second one we're doing full-length um adventures so we'll be bringing them back and we're introducing a bunch of new characters and stuff and looks like we might even get some cryptic toys coming out pretty soon too any thought of going uh, towards the animation uh, world with that because i just yeah you know i i've pitched it around and uh you know i've shown it you know I, i don't know the animation or tv world that well but i'm I'm sort of trying to get to know it, and again, like I just think if anything based on on Ben's art and the, those cool designs he did, yeah, you know, it'd be just great. Cool. Well, I know next year you have a couple of things coming out. You have the uh, criminal criminal macabre two red eyes issue two yep, coming out that's in the January. First of the that's going to be the first of the monthly series. Okay. And then uh, uh, what's Supernatural Freak Machine? Supernatural Freak Machine is a is a cow. Um, uh, it's a Cal McDonald thing that I started at IDW, and then there were problems with the scheduling, and they wound up having to cancel it. So I only got three of the five issues out. So what we're doing now, uh, right now, Kelly Jones is finishing the last 44 pages of it, and Dark Horse is going to release it as a, as a graphic novel. Great. So that's going to be coming out really soon, about the same time as, uh, as Criminal Macabre starts. We'll be doing that, and then um, next month in previews, they're going to be announcing the series I'm doing with Bernie Wright. I was yeah. going to get to that City of Others. That's City of how, Others. How cool is that to work with Bernie Wrightson? That's you know that really I I'd still not 
quite, you know, over it. I mean, I still can't believe I'm working with, with Bernie. Um, I found out, it was, I always knew he lived in L.A., but I found out through, again, Tim Bradstreet, you know, guy knows everybody. Um, he was like, yeah, Bernie lives two blocks from you. I was like, what? And we, he, at a convention in Dallas, he introduced us, and me and Bernie started talking, and, you know, we realized we, like, practically shared a brain, and uh, we started talking about ideas, and I specifically was, like, sitting there just going, like, well, you know, what would, what would you want to do? And he, he was kind of like, I, I don't know if I want to do comics, you know, I really, you know, it's been 20 years, and, you know, uh, the last time he did, you know, the Punisher stuff and Batman, you know, he had an okay time with it, but, you know, right. um, he, so I, and, and I was like, the one thing I was so happy to meet him, I didn't want to, I didn't want to ask him for anything. And we were, we went out to dinner one night and he said, you know, I want to get back into comics and I want to do it with you. Wow. And I just about had a stroke right there. <laughs> and he, and then I just start. we had some lunches and I just like picked his brain. I was just like, what do you want to do? How do you want, you know, what, you know, you're the, because he's like an encyclopedia of horror. And, uh, and we came up with this city of others together. Can, and, uh, can you tell I just us? love it. I'm just having the time of my life. Can you tell us, uh, sort of the, the basis of it? Can you tell us the, the pitch? Well, the thing, well, the thing about it, that, well, that's the thing is it's, we're, we're looking at it like, I mean, it's like a, more like a Stephen King novel. I mean, it's a long, ongoing story. Um, but it focuses on this, uh, on, on a killer who basically, you know, a hired killer who finds himself suddenly immersed in the supernatural world and, and the changes, you know, that it takes with him. And the thing that's really, the thing that's really fun for me is I spent so much time sort of deconstructing classic monsters, like, you know, the vampires in 30 days a night it's a virus and you know there are no crosses and holy water none of that stuff works did the same thing with cal mcdonald and i've always sort of you know tried to figure out new takes on it with with bernie we're we're literally taking it all, all we're doing all the legendary monsters you know so these van you know the vampires that'll show up in this book you know can turn into bats and you know pile, you know and all this kind of stuff and you need the crosses and the stakes to kill them so i'm having a lot of fun just because I'm getting to really play with just the sort of the classic idea of monsters, and it's what Bernie writes it. Yeah, so, I'll, you know, can't, can't I mean, go wrong with that. Hey, yeah, I, it's like, I, I mean, that's my pitch. It's like, it's fucking Bernie writes it. <laughs> <laughs> good enough, yeah. good enough for me, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Steve, you know, we talked about all of the variety of, of horror comics out on the on the shelves today. Um, are you are you reading a lot of them? Are there are there stuff out there that you're not writing that uh, that you're digging right now? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I love the goon. I read all of Rick Remender's stuff, you know, I love Fear Agent and, and the stuff he's doing. Um, I pick up, you know, kind of an assortment of Marvel stuff. I read a lot of, you know, Mark Millar and, uh, Brubaker's Captain America. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I go to, I go to the comic store every Wednesday, you know, and grab whatever's out there, you know. And, uh, have you, have you read Remender's Strange Girl? Yes. Isn't that good? Yeah. He stole Nick Stakel from me. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was uh, I, 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 Nick Stakel's first comic was this thing called Hide, 
that I did. That, so I always give Rick shit about that. <laughs> nice. But it, the stuff is beautiful. God, that's a good book. Yeah, yeah. it is a real, very, very uh, um, underread book. I, th- I think that is, is really a fun book out there that people should be picking up. Yeah, and I've been, I, I, I just, Eric Powell is just fantastic, and I'll read anything Mike McNola does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, that I've been. God, I remember buying his old Marvel stuff. Just the when he just did covers. Yeah, I would just buy that stuff. We wanted to get him on, but we couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't return our calls. On word balloon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Suntra stolen. Um, Well, you're an extreme. You're extremely busy guy. Obviously, you have a lot of stuff coming out. A lot of stuff you're working on the movies and and everything else. But um, any chance we'll see some stuff from you that isn't necessarily horror uh, any anything coming up that maybe mainstream comic stuff superhero stuff or, or something else well you know the creeper was you know actually I, I started out the first i don't know if, if you read that but the first issue i try i was really planning on keeping that pretty straightforward kind of superhero stuff and the criticisms I got back were like, where are the monsters? <laughs> I, yeah. them. And I was like, all right. So, you know, I basically, you know, so as that series goes on, it just gets weirder and weirder. But um, to be fair, I don't, think that, I don't think that's a bad thing, to be honest, Steve. I think the Yeah, I think th- in that particular case, it's really, you know, it's working out. Because the Creeper, seen, he's named the Creeper, yeah, for God's sake. We've yeah. seen the Creeper, and it hasn't worked before. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. in a way, you know, like. Representing yeah. it, doing something different, it might. Well, I did. I, yeah. I did really enjoy how you sort of revamped his origin. I thought you did a really nice job on that of of, of staying with, I don't know, the essence of it, but yet giving it a newer. Uh, yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't want to stray too far. Uh, you know, because I love the original book so much, but there were just some basic impracticalities <laughs> with the origin. <laughs> You know, one being gangsters don't have masquerade parties. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to dress as a giant furry something. They just don't. You know, Al Capone was not known for his masquerade parties. You know, so it was just that was like, so I had to figure out a way sort of, you know, so the the whole look of it and how he gets the costume and stuff, which Ditko spent a lot of time on, was just something I I couldn't, there was no way I was going to have Jack Ryder, you know, going like, Putting out all this face paint and this big <laughs> stole and then getting stuck in it. it was oh just, Jesus! It, it, this is how I'm. I'm a superhero now, and this is how I have to look. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but I still. I, one of the things I loved in the thing was in the in the origin was when he gets he, Jack Ryder gets stabbed, and Doctor Yak hides this device inside his wound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which I was always like, God, that's. What? That's horrible. That's your, you know. So I, I, I thought, well, okay, I'll, I adapted that obviously into just a big shot of, you know, the syringe in his belly, you know. <laughs> so I tried to like take every little bit of it and just sort of keep as much of it intact as possible. Actually, believe it or not, I'm doing one of the issues of this uh, Doctor Fate series that's coming out. Oh, really? Oh yeah, that's right. I'm really looking forward to that because I I know you're Sal's a huge. Doctor I'm a huge Doctor Fate fan. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm looking forward to the Steve Gerber series, but I'm also excited yeah. yeah. to hear yep. you're writing. Very the, cool. Are you writing one of the one shots? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. Um, yo, man, they. I swear, I was I was talking to DC, and I'm like, are you guys just looking for the most obscure characters to give me? Are you gonna, are you getting Detective Chimp? Me, they gave me Sargon the Sorcerer, <laughs> and I went to do I went to do research. Steve, I, I, I know who he is. 
and every you can't even get it. And there, this stuff's there's, never been reprinted. There's no it's Wikipedia all, all, all entry. I would have had to spend like fifteen grand just to read an issue. Oh, that's true. <laughs> or you could have just called Tom because Tom knows who. Yeah, 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 next time call Tom. You know, so I, I had, it was really tough. I had to call, you know, I had to call people who, you know, were collectors or who, you know, actually knew this stuff, and uh, and they teamed me up again with um, with Scott Hampton for a one shot. So I, 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 I went up. I really had a lot of fun with that, and then and working with Steve Gerber was that was just too cool. Hey, what's the uh, status of the uh, the the Death Dealer series that you're writing? Oh, I'm not writing that anymore. You're not? I wound up just like I just realized I had too much going on, and I was whole, and you know I'm really good friends with Nat Jones and Jay Photos who were doing that. So I, I have you have you uh, met or heard of uh, Josh Ortega? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, well, he did. he's you know he's just been a guy that's been around i think he's really good and stuff so i suggested they go with him and he's and they, he's taking it over and the, the project's moving a mile you know is, is moving now because i was just holding it up <laughs> it was just taking me way too long yeah well sal's a huge frazetta fan sure so we've all been i know all me too that. yeah he's i'm awesome. just i'm just you know and, and in, a, in a way that sort of was i was having a little bit of stage fright on that one because <laughs> it's really strange to like stare at a poster your entire childhood, and then have somebody turn around and say, "Now give us a story." Wow, <laughs> you know, and Absolutely. and I just didn't. I don't know. It's just I. The more I started writing and trying to make him into a character, I, it was like demystifying him or something. So, and but mostly it was just a scheduling problem, and I didn't want to hold up Nat and Jay anymore. So, you know, they've got something going really good with uh, Josh Ortega. The Frazettas love what they're doing. So, uh, so you know, now I, it's, that'll be something I, I get to read. You know. nice. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've covered just about everything, Steve. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we oh, really, really appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, you know, next time we'll, we'll, we got to have you back. You've, you've been a great guest, and and I'm looking forward to. All the Cal McDonald stuff and anything else that you're coming out of, I'm a big fan, and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you've sort of, you know, recreated the uh, the horror scene in comics when you first came around with 30 Days a Night, because I'm a huge horror fan, and, and, and it was really lacking before, well, before well, you... thanks. It looks well, like, it thank looks you like, so much. Oh, yeah. It looks like two th- 2007 is going to be a, be a good year for Steve Niles. I hope so. We'll see. Not I know I you know, would. <laughs> I, I, I got you know. I'm gonna keep working. I just I I honestly you know I love what I do so much. I just you know I feel so lucky. I just uh, you know I just want to keep doing more. That's fantastic. So well, thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely, hey. and uh, and happy Halloween. Hey, happy Halloween, guys. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you have a great okay. evening. Thanks. Okay, Steve. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Right. Take Bye. care. Bye. 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 I'd like to thank uh, Steve Niles for spending some time with us. Really fun guy to talk to. Yeah, you know, I, I almost felt bad a couple of times because I think he, 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 you know, he's known as that horror guy. And yeah. even, by, you know, it's like we called him on Halloween, you know, on, around Halloween to talk to him. But, We're you know, looking at his work, well, no, I mean, looking at his work, he's not, I mean, he's a writer. 
He's not a horror writer per se. He's a writer, and I, I'd like to see him branch out and do some other stuff. Yeah, because he's a good. He's writer. a good writer, and, and uh, Thirty Days a Night. If you if you have actually there there's a a Thirty Days of Night post from uh, uh, from the forum from Red Lantern, and uh, he says my introduction to Niles was series uh, Dark Days. Basically, it's Thirty Days of uh, Night as a book. So Thirty Days of Night is almost a must read in my mind. Uh, only because the writing and the art combine in such a stylistic manner that really doesn't compare to anything else. It's really set a benchmark, but the only problem is that you can't compare it to anything. So seriously, what do you compare it to? So looking forward to the 30 Days of Night movie uh, by Ghost House Pictures, but I'm curious as to how the movie will get anywhere close to Temple Smith's art well, conceptually. We, we talked and we, and about we covered that, that. Yeah. and that's right. It is such an atmospheric. You know, <clears throat> well, like I said, I was not book. a Temple Smith fan, and mm -hmm. when I first read that book, but that by the time I got done with it, I, I, I understood why he was the artist for it. It made so much sense, and and he's gone on obviously to do. You know, great stuff like Fell. I mean, you know, that book wouldn't even be the same without Ben Temple Smith on it. You know, and it, but um, yeah, I mean, Steve Niles, great, great guest, and, and and a fantastic writer. So I hope to see a lot more work from him. And I'm really uh, Cal McDonald stuff. I'm actually probably a bigger fan of the Cal McDonald stuff than, than the Thirty Days. Yeah. yeah, I like the Thirty Days stuff. It's, it's really, but the Cal stuff to me is just it just hits me more so that's Great. all well we've got uh, another guest mm -hmm. lined up uh, this is uh, uh, author of one of your recent favorite books yeah you know it's an indie guy uh, I picked up this book at Wizard World Chicago uh, this last year it's called uh, Strange Detective Tales Dead Love and he's got two issues out and it's just um, it's an original idea it's something that is just fun and well drawn uh, interesting, you know, it's got great, scary, creepy art in it. It's it's funny. It's noir. It's it's got all the elements that I love, you know, crime and detective stories and cr monsters and it, it's a book that I wish I would have written mm -hmm. more than anything. So, uh, Jesse Bosch uh, is the writer of it, and he uh, he joins us for a few minutes to talk about uh, strange detective tales. <laughs> And we're going to welcome the writer of Strange Detective Tales. He is Mr. Jesse Bausch. Jesse, welcome to Around Comics, and thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Well, uh, I I don't know. You probably don't know. I'm sure you haven't listened to our show before. We do a segment on the show called Top of the Stack, uh, where every week we pick a book that we've read that week um, that we really enjoy, that we think is one of the best books of the week, and we go into depth about it. Well, I just want to let you know that, that Strange Detective Tales, number one, uh, has been Top of the Stack twice by two different people. It's It's gotten a great response from us, and that's why we wanted to have you on the show, because we really enjoy the book. And myself, I'm a huge horror fan, especially, you know, Universal Pictures stuff, the, the old Universal Pictures stuff. And I just really love what you've done with Strange Detective Tales. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about the book for people that haven't read it yet. Sure. Um, the basic premise of it is... Uh, Basically, back in the back in the, the 30s, once the you know the really big Universal Pictures hit, you know like Dracula, Frankenstein, um, all that sort of stuff. Um, basically, the, all, the monsters from from all around the world decided that, that you know that they wanted to strike it rich in, in Hollywood as well, and so they all moved to Hollywood to try and get movie deals. Um, unfortunately, they all got screwed over by Hollywood executives, and so now there's this this large underclass of sort of monsters that you know that live in L.A. and, and sort of live in sort of an under, underground. Um, 
but so there's there's Renfield, you know, the, the, the bug eating sort of guy from um, from Dracula, and um, Igor, you know, the the, the perennial, uh, you know, mad doctor's assistant, um, are now sort of this is it's set in the, the late fifties in Hollywood, but the two of them are sort of private investigators that work to, to protect this this underclass of monsters that live in L.A. Um, and so that's that's the basic concept that, that, that the 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 first two issues sort of are, are part of a, a three issue storyline that. Um, um, involve um, Howard Hughes and the Little Green Mafia and uh, lots of other fun things like that. And the Little Green Mafia is a great, great uh, set of characters. They they really add a lot to that. And I'm wait, I'm, I'm dying to wait, or I'm dying to see what happens with those guys. But um, mm-hmm. how did you? For, is this your first published comic? This is. Uh, we've done um, a few like sort you know uh, web comics and things like that, but this is the first. And I had a couple of things in some, you know, like um, small press anthologies and stuff. But this is this is my first published sort of full length thing, yeah. And did you? I mean, was horror something that just naturally came to you as far as wanting to write it? Um, it was, horror was, yeah. I mean, definitely horror. Horror is a big part of sort of my background and what I'm into. Um, and and the, the artist side, Jim Callahan, we're, we're both we both are, um, live in Richmond, and so we sort of we sort of became friends. And and I had come up with. The sort of basic concept of sort of you know the sort of goofy idea of just sort of Renfield and Igor doing sort of a buddy pitcher sort of thing a long time ago, but hadn't really sort of thought anything further of it until you know he and I were talking and and, and, and Jim you know if you look at his stuff I mean he does really great sort of detailed sort of gross you know monster you know really just off the wall stuff and so I was like I, I was like I got to come up with something that can really you know, that, 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 could, that he'd really like to draw, basically. Um, and so, and I sort of came up with, the, you know, the, the concept that was sort of like, you could do a detective story, but, you know, all the sort of background characters, and, you know, instead of sort of having the monster be the thing you only see every once in a while, it's like, the monsters are just everywhere in the back. Um, and that was just, I was, you know, and, and once we started talking about that, it was something that he was really into, and, and once I started seeing pages from him, I, I really got into it. Well, I think that's you know one of the more interesting things about the books that that I really enjoy is that you've combined a lot of different elements that I like. One is you know obviously the monsters, but then you have you know this crime noir, you know uh, Hollywood, you know old Hollywood setting and 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 that sort of crime fiction. But you also have a lot of comedy in it. It's it's a funny book. There's some really you know sort of I don't want to say grotesquely, but you know horrific funny moments in the book that happen. Um, was that I mean something that just came naturally, or did you did you intentionally, you know, try to put that in there? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a lot of, I mean, well, I mean, I know I, know I made, I had to make some conscious effort to, to, to some sense, almost kind of tone some of that down, because you could do, you could go really sort of, you know, grossly over the top on it, over the top on it, and then it just it becomes sort of, you know, you're just doing it for that sake, the sort of, you know, it's sort of gross out humor. Sure. Which I, I kind of didn't want to do, and I, I was kind of trying to keep it more... You know, it, it seemed more like the joke comes in where it's, it, you're really kind of trying to play this straight, and these guys are really kind of trying to do the best that they can to be detectives, even though they're really not very good at it at all, um, and just sort of let the, the, the sort of situation itself sort of, you know, kind of be funny to the extent it can, it can I guess. Well, I think it's interesting because one of the big themes we keep having coming up in our horror episode is humor. And, and, and horror, you know, they, like they seem to close, correlate. How close they are to each other. Is there? 
to me, I mean, so far in all this discussion and thinking back about a lot of stuff, there seems to be such a thin line between those two things that uh, mm. it's, it's interesting. Well, that's to, like, yeah, I mean, even if you just sort of go, not even in comics so much, but just like the horror that's sort of out today, you know, like the, you know, like the cabin fever and the hospital and a lot of the Japanese stuff now, I mean, it's all, it's very, you know, it, it's all very aware of sort of the horror that has come before it. And so it, it, it it's very, you know, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and you know that, you know, I mean, because part of it is, I think the people making it are people that grew up sort of loving that stuff and, and loving it because it was so, you know, recognizing that sort of, that, you know, that sort of sickness, you know, the sort of sick sense of humor is a part of it that, you know, is dark, but it is not like, you know, I don't know, it, it's... Well, young Frankenstein. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep it. You know, it's just like it, it's just, that's cool. You know. Sure. We we have discovered uh, through this episode that Tom's favorite movie of all time is Young Frankenstein. He watches it every day. <laughs> it's a great horror and comedy movie. It is. It together. is a classic yeah. horror and comedy. Now, I was I, as I was, you know, whenever we have a guest on, and, and uh, I, I like to do some research to try and find out more about. Uh, them or the work, and and I I couldn't find a whole lot about you, but I did look I, I did wanted to research the the work, and specifically the two main characters in it, Renfield and, and in Igor. And I don't know if if you were aware of it or not, but um, Igor the character is an interesting it's a challenge. That, well, no, it's it's interesting that you picked that character because like in the in the classic Universal Frankenstein, that character was not called Igor. Oh, I know, I know, and that's and that's when when I started working on the concept, I was sort of like. You know, because I knew, you know, I knew Renfield really originally came from the book. Right. You know, and that's, and, and it was from the, you know, back in the original you know, Ram Stoker novel, he was in there, and he was sort of carried forward from that. Um, but there was, there was no sort of character like that in Mary Shelley's book. And then I was like, you know, trying to think back to the movie, and then like, went back and looked at the movie, and there's not, there's, there's sort of an assistant guy, but he's, he's being Igor. And, you know, he's, and there's... I think his name was really Fritz, Igor. actually. Yeah. Uh, Fritz. yeah. And, but they're really, this sort of character of Igor, I don't know where the heck it comes from. Well, I think it was um, a later film, like Son of Frankenstein or Bride of Frankenstein, finally, that it was sort of the same character. Like you said, it's it's that, that you know, lackey, assistant, that yeah. assistant. Um, but I think it wasn't until, like, Bride of Frankenstein or Son of Frankenstein that he was actually called Igor, finally. Because they but, had to yell at him or something? I don't remember. And Igor's so identifiable. That's really funny. Well, that is. It is. He, it, everyone knows that character, but it's it's interesting that he didn't really exist till a very smaller film, you know, that he was called Fritz or something. But, um... Well, that's because well, he's just, he's so, that's sort of, he's so ubiquitous, that sort of just, uh, that, he's that guy. Right, He's exactly. He's that hunchback you know. Right, everybody <laughs> knows everybody Igor. Knows. It's Igor. <laughs> it's Igor. It's Igor. Werewolves. <laughs> well, um, so so this is going to be a, a Dead Love is is the first three books. That's the uh, uh, the first three, or the first arc, first I arc. should say. Are we, uh, right. When is, now I know the first two are out. When is the third one coming out, or has that come out already? Uh, the third one has not come out yet. Um, Jim, Jim, unfortunately, um, he was working on. He's actually, um, he was working on that when he, he broke his arm roller skating, so that laid him up for a little while. Um, Artists should had, never roller skate. Uh, <laughs> or yeah, ski. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he actually was also at the same time as he's just finished and it's just come out. Um, Rotting in Dirtville is his own graphic novel that just came out through uh, Gigantic Books. Oh, okay. Um, and so that 
And so that that he just that that just came out probably about a month month and a half ago, um, and is available now. But um, he's finishing up the third issue as we speak, and we're hoping probably probably in time for like the New York Con or or maybe eight, the third issue will be out. Great. All right. We'll see. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I'm a really big fan of the book. I I thought it was a great combination of all those elements, and and, uh, I hope to see more of it because I I think it's a a wonderful independent book that uh, that is original and and funny. What's the best way to get the book? Awesome. Thanks. And and what's the best way to, to get a hold of a copy? Um, you can go to, it, well, I'd like to say it's avail- readily available in comic stores, but that is not always the case. <laughs> uh, so I would go to, I would direct everybody to um, uh, www.oddgodpress.com, um, and you can go, I, I'm not sure if we have ordering set up there, but you can certainly get um, contact there and email us through that. And, and tell your local comic shop manager to get that book in. Yes, please. <laughs> now you 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 do a pretty good. I mean, you run a, a pretty good con circuit, right? Because I think I actually met you in Chicago. In Chicago, la- this last year, where you were in Chicago, weren't you? Yes. Okay, that's because that's where I picked up the books. Was in Chicago, and and uh, and are you going to be in New York? Um, we are going to. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're signed up for New York, uh, and I'm pretty sure we're signed up for eight. Okay. Yeah, because New York, because um, you know, obviously last year was the first year for New York, and that was that was, I mean, that was a great show for us. That was. We're yeah, going to be there too. There. Well, we're, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll, there. we'll see you there. We'll be in New York too. So great. Awesome. All right, Jesse. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for putting out a really nice book, and I, I hope you do really well with it. I hope we can help you maybe a little bit, and uh, and I hope to see more of of, uh, of Strange Detective Tales. Great. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Thanks. Happy Halloween. Woohoo. Boo. All right, and thanks to Jesse for spending some time with us. Check out Strange Detective Tales from Odd God Press. Uh, yeah, you can see that at oddgodpress.com. And if you, yeah, I think you can actually uh, go to our, our site and go to the top of the stack segment, which if you, you go to the episodes drop down, you can select top of the stack and, uh, and find uh, Mike Norton Detective just gave Tales. me a weird look, and it kind of freaked when, me out. When doesn't it? Mike Norton have a weird look? <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, uh, the spooktacular, I guess, it that continues. Will, that will, that it will, rolls on. It, it rolls on. Never stops. <laughs> Tom, don't get down spooky, like spooky. that. Everybody. Never Tom, stops. Tom's so excited about all the, all the young Frankenstein talk. Steve Howe's got me all riled up. All right. <laughs> I'm crashing hard. <laughs> You're coming down <laughs> off of coming Steve Howe's high. <laughs> we've, we've got uh, crashing hard, guys. Uh, one of the creators of one of our favorite books from Ape Entertainment, and, and we talked Friends. to these, uh, these gentlemen. Uh, earlier in the year at uh, Wizard World Chicago, and this is Brent Schoonover from Schoonover. Hor- Schoonover. Is that from, uh, from is that Jewish? From Horowitz. So what's uh, let's take a listen to. Uh, Did to you mention Young Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All right. Hey guys, this is uh, Brent Schoonover, artist on Horrorwood, also Brent on the Around Comics forum. I uh, just wanted to give you guys a call. I'm excited for this week's episode, uh, kind of the spotlight on EC Comics and Horror Comics. I most recently moved, uh, and I finally got pretty much most of my collection from uh, my parents' house, and I was kind of going through them, kind of seeing all the old horror books that I was kind of inspired by and stuff like that, and uh, found a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of old Dell, uh, Charlton Comics and everything like that, even some gold key stuff, but uh, a lot of stuff that I 
kind of forgot that I had like the old Ripley's Believe It or Not comics, which were usually kind of like a, a soft version of like the old Tales from the Crypt books, but they're still pretty good. A um, couple books called, uh, called Ghost Manor and then uh, The Many Ghosts of Dr. Graves, which is uh, actually kind of got some pretty sweet old Steve Ditko art here and there in it, if you can nice. find a couple good uh, issues of it. Um, but uh, yeah, one thing I wanted to, to bring up is, I don't know if you guys will uh, have seen the Tales from the Crypt Season 1 DVD or not, but on the special features, there's a really kick-ass two-hour documentary about the uh, the books and the history and what led to the show, um, but it's also got a lot of great interviews with the surviving artists that are still around, like uh, Jack Davis, uh, Johnny Craig, and uh, Jack Kamen. So, um, yeah, I, uh, just, I'm looking forward to the show. I'm sure you guys are going to bring up probably the essential Tuma Dracula um, a lot of good Gene Colan art, which I just finally got the fourth one. I'm looking forward to reading in its entirety. And, uh, yeah, um, I hope you guys are doing good. I uh, love the show. Uh, issue four of Horror Woods will be out in early November. We're going to debut it at Wizard World, Texas. We'll make sure you guys get a copy of it. And, uh, yeah, stay classy, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Stay classy, San Diego. Classy. <laughs> well, he knew that there was an EC documentary. I, I no, you know, I can't believe I. I God, literally that's fucking embarrassing. Like, the last two weeks, Bushley, I, guys. Have, I have, I have <laughs> spent Bushley. hours researching EC comics, and I nowhere <laughs> did I find any information about an EC comics I fucking documentary. <laughs> I I can't believe it. It's out there. I'm gonna have to track it down. And Thomas full of, Tom is full of beef, scotch, and profanity and anger. Uh, I don't care. Horrorwood. Uh, before we before we we go on, check out Horrorwood. Really yeah. cool, really book. cool book. And, and those are good guys. You know, it's kind of almost like Strange Detective Tales as far as capturing that you know nineteen forty. It, it's yeah, got a yeah. little different They're vibe to too. it. Um, it Hor- Horrorwood uh, almost goes with. Uh, um, I would say you know Strange Detective Tales is sort of the grimy underbelly mm-hmm. of the fifties. Horror, where Horwood is sort of the shiny surface of that era. Okay. To some degree, you know with, what I mean? More of the Hollywood stuff. Yeah, a little bit more Hollywood but, but, shine you know, it, to it. Yeah, but, it, you know, but they're both good. Oh, I mean, and, there's no and, question. But, but it, it's, it's noirish and it's got the horror. It, oh, yeah. A, it's, it's a fun book. It uh, is. It's, uh, I wish I had the, uh, the website handy for it but you know just just google horrorwood google horrorwood it's, it's uh, ape available through ape entertainment, ape entertainment and it is a great book fantastic and <laughs> fantastic it's good um that was left uh and thank you to that was, yeah and thank you Brent. That, that was actually left on our hotline at one eight 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 six five gcast give us a call leave us a message line. we'll play it on the show you got it's it the hottest so, line. thanks for leaving that uh shopping around comics shopping around comics you can buy gear t-shirts backpacks thongs coffee mugs all sorts of stuff at shopping around comics or you can go to our amazon store and buy anything you would buy at amazon pretty much but yeah. we recommend a bunch of books graphic novels and stuff and help us out a little bit that's all we're having around comics coffin if you wish to <laughs> we're getting that yeah you know or i heard that next i heard um, major league baseball has signed an agreement yeah. with a coffin manufacturer so, have we. so you can get your cardinals coffin nice. for when you're, when you're I, I, I don't want to talk about the cardinals because as mm. we speak they're up three two in the uh, uh, chris th- four hey, chris four two hey chris uh-huh. um baseball's over my friend it's, no no it's no. football matt season fraction is it's, fucking it's losing football his goddamn season life. Matt, matt, matt fraction <laughs> is going to vaporize st louis in a comic because they are going to win the world series all right okay um, guys uh frapper map 
Frapper Map. We got some new uh, people on the Frapper Map. The first one is Miguel Jorge from Almada, Lisboa e Vale do Tejo, Portugal. I hope I said that God. even close to right. That's I doubt it. But, but uh, hola, Miguel. Thank you very much for coming on the Frapper. And he said, around comics, international, international. Anyway, um, Tony from New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Lynn Workman, uh, publisher uh, of Bushy, Bushy Tales. Tales. Listen to, uh, he said, listen to your show while drawing Bushy Tales. Heard about Iran Comics and Word Balloon from the Crankcast and Comic Geek Speak. That's got to be a first. Someone from Crankcast listening to us. Wow. Is it from- <laughs> we actually, we actually um, have the combined talents of the Crankcast we do. We have and the, Word Balloon. The Crankcast here, is here. here. Right <laughs> My favorite podcast. Um... Also listen to any Spinner Act Director for the episode. Tim Gunn's really fucking I, good. That's a good fucking It can't be better. Uh, it's like we, 18 minutes long. We got <laughs> Bonneville from Johnson City. Uh, is the new segment supposed to be a stand-up routine? Yes, you didn't get it. I guess. Yeah, you're just not smart <laughs> enough. To, uh, Ricardo Ferreria? From Viana do We're Castello. huge in Portugal. We are huge in they're, Portugal. They're, and, and, and Australia. Australia yeah. Um, Angry Beavis from Round Rock, Texas. Austin Books kicks your store's ass. Well, maybe. Send Double exclamation I haven't been there, but I've, I been, I've been to Austin before. I need uh, proof. There's only two things that come out of Austin, boy. Oh, I don't see any horns on your head. <laughs> anyway, uh, Russell Badgett from Dallas, Texas, another Texan. And they say Texans don't know how to read or not kill the incarcerated, especially the handicapped ones. Well, it sh- is true for some... But not I. I love the show and the city it emanates from, so keep up the stellar work. Well, thank you, Russell. Thank you. Uh, Jersey Droid from Ann Armour, Michigan, and uh, Jersey does uh, Make Like a Tree comics. Absolutely. He's going to be line. getting a bunch of quarter books that I'm mailing tomorrow. Yeah, actually, uh, Jersey just finished his uh, graphic novel. His, his uh, online. It's a webcomic. Is, no, I think no, no, it's, it's no, going to be published. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, great. He's, he's been well, good for him for like you know a thousand years working on it. Fantastic. So. Uh, Pop Ninja from Canberra, Australia. Ooh. Another Australian. Another text. Uh, God. Uh, Justice or Joy Pog from Houston, Texas. Oh, it's Joy Pog. Yeah. Houston. I think it's our loose attachment <laughs> to the law. Which is that what it Texans is? We skirt. Love. We skirt. Uh, and, well, and, and Australia because it's a penal colony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Alex Redhood, the the young lad from the Western Springs, Illinois. He said, right, "Hey guys, Alex. every time every time Tom swears, I cringe because yeah. I think of Alex. Poor, poor Alex. Yeah. Uh, Alex's yeah. dad looking at him. Not uh, Alex. Alex said, "Hey guys, it was great meeting you. Thanks for the great show. Well, thank you, Alex. You're a fine young lad. He's going to be a guest on Around Comics. He so. is going to be a guest. Absolutely. Really? Him and his yes. dad, right?" Yes. We're going to have both of them on? Yeah. It'll it'll be when Tom is on that business trip. Ah. Uh, Chaz from Alexandria, Virginia. He said, good show. Short, sweet, to the point. Uh, Eric. I'm being hoovered over by Norton. He's hovering. Uh, Eric. Oyenhausen? Oyenhausen. From Alamel Flovaland. Netherlands. This is the correct way to listen to Around Comics, and he, he posted a picture of himself lying on the couch. So I wish we could record it while lying down. That would be uh, the way to record this show. So um, we, love, we love the Frapper, guys. Uh, keep it up. It's, uh, it's a lot And that's of fun. it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah keep you. going to Frapper. It's uh, frapper.com slash Around Comics. Yep. And you can spread a little AC love. Uh, you can download our flyer at 
the listener LCS uh, challenge button on the website. And if you post that, uh, ask your uh, local store manager or owner if they'll post the flyer in their store. And if they do so, we will mention them on the show, Ow. just like buymetoys.com. My iPod is digging University into the fat in South Bend, Indiana, Dragon's Lair Comics and Fantasy in Austin, Texas. The Source Comics and Games, Falcon Heights, Minnesota. And California Cards and Comics in Elk Grove, California. <laughs> crazy voices. All right, guys. Uh, vote it's for our us puppets. at Podcast puppets. Alley if puppets, you would be so puppets. kind. And uh, iTunes Music Reviews. We actually had like five of them this week. So 60. Thank- we're up to 63, which yeah. is not number. What's up, Mike? Very cool. Hey, Mike. Mr. Noy, how you doing? Well, Come on, say, so, say oh, hello. Come, Come, Come on, Mike. Help, say help hi. What they should what they should pre-order. Yes. Do it. Well, oh, yes. Buy the Atom, uh, issue seven. I don't know the diamond and order cords. And eight. And eight. Buy two of them. It's the holiday season. Give one to a friend. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I was going to do a contest. I wanted to do a contest. Like, if you buy the all-new Adam issue 7 and 8, and you scan in the barcodes and you email them to us, I was going to give you something, but then I was kind of scared because we do have a lot of listeners now, so if they all did it, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd scared. go out of business. I'd, like, go That's broke. So I could, yeah, it's too much work. <laughs> I love you, Mike, but, you know. But go order yes, you want, and then they would get nothing. And, hey, <laughs> you and hey get, Gail Simone writes it. So yeah, That's right. Yeah. So there you go. All, All right. right. Uh, that's it. That should do it. Uh, that means it is time to move over to the news desk for Wired Wire Comic News. Wired and Wire. And Wired Wire Comic News is brought to you by the New York Comic Con. The New York Comic Con is bigger, better, and has double the space with more gaming and anime for 2007. Come to the Jacob Javits Center February 23rd through the 25th and experience the biggest pop culture event in New York City featuring comics, anime, manga, graphic novels, video games, trading card games, RPG, MMOs, toys, movies, TV, celebrities, and more. Guests of honor include Stan Lee, <gasps> Jeff Smith, J. Michael Straczynski, and George Perez, with many more and being Tom announced. Caters, Chris Niesman, and <laughs> yes, gentlemen and ladies, I'll be hovering. I am going to be. Yay. It looks like I am going to actually make it to the New York Comic Con this, this we're, we're February. We're so thrilled. Uh, for a complete list of guests, including around comics, <laughs> actually, I don't think we're listed as a guest. <laughs> we're listed as uh, a link. As well as show information, visit www.nycomiccon.com. Buy your tickets online now to ensure your spot at the 2007 show. Tickets are available now at a discounted rate for advanced purchases. What? Nothing. That's I think, our... I, think the th- I think it's interesting they mentioned gaming, but do they? can you hunt the ultimate game there? Another human being. <laughs> uh, you. We forgot to tell yeah, you, you, Tom. You can hunt me. You can hunt Tom. <laughs> If you get me with, uh, if you get me with, don't miss out on the 2007 New York Comic Con. Visit their website www.nycomiccon.com. That's two C's. Nycomiccon.com. If you spray me with silly string, I'll give you a quarter book. Uh, (laughs) I I just want to put on record right now. There's the 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 New York Comic Con is having a podcast alley. Basically, no, no, that's arena. that's already trademarked. Well, whatever, the podcast, podcast arena, arena. Dun, dun, I'm sorry, dun, dun, the first at Podcast dun, Alley. Dun, Come dun. see us at the Podcast they're, Arena. They're having a Podcast Arena right next to the Artist Alley mm-hmm. this year, and we're invited, and we're going to be there. And I just want to put the challenge down right now. I will uh, either thumb wrestle or play air hockey against any other podcast Ooh. out there, and I guarantee victory. 
Ooh. That's all I'm just going to say. Either thumb I wrestling. You're challenge someone to like come up and hit me in the face or something. Well, that too. But <laughs> I guarantee you can r- punch Chris as hard in the face as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so that there's the thumb challenge. Wrestling. It's out there. You know, I don't know other podcasts that are going to be there, but it's Char- there. Charlito, he looks kind of wired. No, no. Me. Yeah. I've never. I'm under. If if thumb wrestling was an Olympic event, I would dominate. Gold medal division yeah, for yeah. twenty. I bet years the Cubans now. would do well. Small thumbs. No. Big heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's listen to the news, guys. <laughs> Here it is. These are your top headlines. The week of October twenty third, two thousand and six. The acclaimed team at Hero Video Productions proudly announces their latest documentary, The Alchemy of Art, David Mack, coming this December to comic book shops worldwide. Called one of the true geniuses of the medium by Entertainment Weekly, Mack's work expands the possibilities of graphic novels and any other field he explores. David is the creator, author, and artist of Kabuki, and also the writer and artist of Daredevil, one of the top ten best-selling comics in the United States from Marvel Comics. The DVD features the most in-depth interview David Mack has ever done, David's commentary on a full issue of Kabuki, book readings, a look at David at work in his studio, and with other artists, and plenty of surprises. Look for The Alchemy of Art, David Mack, coming this December. Joe Casey is back with a second series of Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, this time showcasing the most unlikely team lineup in Avengers history, Goliath, Wasp, Hawkeye, Black Panther, and The Vision. A new team has risen up to take the mantle of the originals, and now these members have a lot to live up to. Questions abound for these new mismatched heroes. Can Goliath handle the duties of being a leader? How can the Black Panther be both an Avenger and the king of his country? Will Hawkeye survive his own dysfunctional love life? Who is the Vision, and can he be trusted? Casey, along with artist Will Rosado and Dave Johnson on covers, bring an exciting chapter into the history of the Avengers. You dare not miss the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. According to PublishersWeekly.com, U.S. manga publisher Viz Media has reached an exclusive retail agreement with Borders and Hot Topic, the national teen-focused retail chain, to offer a comprehensive line of merchandise based on Bleach, Viz's popular anime and manga property. Borders and Walden Books and Hot Topic are destinations for our core fans and are the perfect retailers to launch merchandise for Shonen Jump Bleach, said Carl Roeder, VP Consumer Products for Viz Media. But online fans need not worry. Viz will continue to offer Bleach merchandise through its online store at viz.com. Coming this December, Image Comics is readying a giant-sized limited edition hardcover chronicling the adventures of Mark Grayson, the teen superhero Invincible, written by Wizard Fan Award winner Robert Kirkman and featuring artwork by Russ Manning, award nominees Corey Walker and Ryan Otley, plus colors by Harvey Award-nominated colorist Bill Crabtree. The complete Invincible Library, a Volume 1 hardcover, collects Invincibles number 1 through 24, 0, and the free comic Book Day 2004 story, plus over 150 pages of sketchbook material, covers, scripts, and the original proposal. Clocking in at almost 800 pages, it will retail for $125. 
Fans can rest easy knowing that all four issues, including the sold-out first issue of the critically acclaimed miniseries The Black Coat Called Arms, are being collected into a new trade paperback. The collections will be available in stores during early December from publisher Ape Entertainment. We knew we wanted to put out a trade after the first series, says Black Coat co-creator and editor Ben Licious. But when issue one sold out, we realized there were a lot of readers out there that felt like they missed the boat. We're hoping this will be a chance for anyone that's been wondering about the book to jump on board and see what the fuss is all about. The Black Coat is a story of a mass super spy and his network of agents as they battle the British and dark forces of the occult in New York City right before the Revolutionary War. Filled to the brim with explosive action and pulp-style adventure, Chris McCroskey of Kamikaze.com says The Black Coat is by far one of the best period comics I have ever read. Pre-orders can be placed now through the October issue of Previews. The book will be 104 pages with a retail price of $12.95. Special 52 podcast posted exclusively at DCComics.com. Starting Wednesday, October 25th, you can go behind the scenes for a special 52-story conference via a new podcast available exclusively at DCComics.com. Featuring writers Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Greg Rucka, and Mark Wade, plus breakdown artists Keith Giffen and cover artist J.G. Jones, the podcast will be posted at DCComics.com slash downloads slash action equals podcast. For more information on 52, visit 52thecomic.com. Top Shelf Publishers' Chris Staros has confirmed that the publishing company has come to an agreement with the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children. Great Ormond Street Hospital owns the UK copyright for the original story of Peter Pan. The possible legal battle, of course, was due to the use of the characters and situations from or alluding to those in Peter Pan in Alan Moore and Melinda Gibby's Lost Girls. Staros wrote, Following very amicable discussions between the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children, owners of the copyright to J.M. Barry's Peter Pan and ourselves, Top Shelf Productions, the publisher of Lost Girls by Alan Moore and Melinda Gibby, the parties have agreed that, without conceding that the work necessarily breaches the gosh copyright, Top Shelf Productions will withhold United Kingdom and European Union distribution of Lost Girls until the end of 2007, when the Peter Pan copyright in the U.K. and U.E. expires. This means that the special U.K. first edition will be released in the U.K. on January 1st of 2008. I flew to England to meet with the hospital on October 11th, and on that day we signed an agreement together putting an end to the controversy surrounding the issue. It was a very nice meeting, and we're very glad that we could come to a peaceful settlement. We'll gear back up for the big U.K. and E.U. release of Lost Girls towards the end of next year. Top headlines for the full version of these and other stories. Go to www.aroundcomics.com, your source for the best in comics news, reviews, and opinions. guys that's your top headlines for the week uh starting at the top here uh new david mack 
DVD. Yeah, the DVD, uh, the, the, the alchemy. The alchemy, the alchemy, the alchemy of David. Like, help David me out Knight. here. You know, he's one of the few guys. I mean, we've, we've met and talked to a lot of comic book writers and artists over the last few years. And he is by far, from my own experience, just in my own opinion, the, the, the purest artist in comics. Yeah. To, to, just in my mind. You know what I mean? He, he is... He'd be doing it even if it wasn't being published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art for art's sake. He certainly is. So I'm very uh, interested in seeing his process and and what goes into it. Getting inside David Mack. Well, there's a lot of ladies that like (laughs) David Mack to get inside inside of him. Yeah, I think he's taken. Oh. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, the Pepsi girl, right? Uh, uh, That's actually Jeff Amano's daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about now? David Mack's girlfriend is Jeff Amano's daughter who happens to be the Pepsi girl. From the Pepsi commercial, yeah. Anyway. Joe Casey I'm a Coke is, man. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> is writing Avengers again. It's uh, Avengers Earth's <clears throat> Mightiest Heroes is going to be coming out two of the... Two Earth's uh, Mightiest Heroes 2. Joe Casey is the tits. Yeah, it's, uh, so this is all coming out of the the ashes of Civil War, I guess. Uh, sure, so, yeah. if you say so. Yeah. I, like I believe you. I'll you're, check it out. I like honest. Godland. See, I, I, I keep seeing these previews on what's going on with the Avengers. There's going to be, you know, the new Avengers and Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and and there's o- another Omega one, Flight Avengers Next, right? I, Isn't that one? I, Jesus, Next Avenger or something like that? I, I don't know. It's, it's getting as bad as X Men. It's it's almost confusing. So right. hopefully we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, I'll check them out. All right, and see how it goes. Avengers, um, we want your money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we say uh, Viz Media is uh, is doing some some big stuff with uh, hot, hot, topic. hot topic. Where are the goths? Where are the fake goths? Shop. So you, can, you can get your Morrissey T-shirt <laughs> in your fucking bleach shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, Hot Topics fam. <laughs> you know it's true. Sorry, fake yeah. goths. Uh, which which Morrissey shirt do you want? <laughs> All right, now, I like the one with, uh, no, never mind. Actually, Morrissey's only <clears throat> North American appearance is going to be here in Chicago at the Aragon Ballroom. Yeah, wow. I think my girlfriend's going to tickets for my birthday. Yeah, yeah he's nice. going to be in November. Yep. So I may actually... My you getting the t-shirt from Hot Topic? Nice. I already have a Morrissey t-shirt. <laughs> it's not from Hot Topic. Okay. All right, next one I'm excited about, and that is the <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, Mega Complete Invincible Library Volume 1 hardcover. Uh, which uh, collects Invincible number one through twenty-four. Yeah, I was talking to I was talking stuff. to Robert Kirkman the other day. And, Where are you now? Uh, and uh, well, I was emailing. I him. I was talking but, to Jesus. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> he decided to make. He's it. very excited about this hardcover. Eight hundred pages. This thing's gonna weigh in at. You can it's, club a person a, to death. It's a person. it's a it's a beast. Well, they did it with The Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, they did that awesome. that monster. Unibus or whatever they called it. Unibus. Um, it's called an omnibus. I, you know, I, I have like the first four Invincible trades, and I'm really tempted to buy this. Yeah, like the first seven. <sighs> I gotta quit doing that I, to I myself. Think it's on, I, I love the series, so it, it's, it's a pure very, race between uh, Sandman or Sin. No, Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen, or Sandman. How many different times? How many times it? I've bought it. <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a I race. I have some issues to sell you if you want. Of what the ultimate? All of them. Yeah, <laughs> ne- next, the ultimate absolute. Uh, speaking of collected editions, uh, fans of the black coat or folks that have heard about the black coat and weren't able to track down the Get single the issues, the trade great. is coming out. Uh, I've got the single issues. I really enjoyed the series, and uh, friend, this Francesco cat is really. Really good. The art in this series is fantastic. So, if you're interested in a revolutionary war type story, it's a, you know got some espionage. Batman meets Paul Revere meets 
that kid who stuck his hand in the fire and he got his fingers all burnt. What was that? That book? What? <laughs> that book about the Revolutionary War with uh, Johnny Tremaine. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Johnny Tremaine. Boy, you, you reached Thank deep you. for that one. Thank you, guys. Uh, Black Coat, really fun series. So uh, it'll be coming <clears> out for uh, twelve ninety five. Look for it. Uh, 52 Podcast. It was you funny. Know? Listen to it. Did Grant you like Morrison's it? really funny. I don't promote other podcasts on this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Graham Morrison. Other really than Crankcast. When are we going to have Graham Morrison? All right. And, you know, we, <laughs> Good we luck. may... Never. Uh, we're running a little long today. We may carry this Cheers. one over to uh, to next week. But there's been some uh, developments in uh, the Top Shelf Lost Girls case. So you want to uh, talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, basically it's it was, you, you know, Lost Girls, obviously there's a character in it that is very... Uh, Peter Pan-like? Peter Pan-ish. Wendy. Wendy. Um, and the copyright to Peter Pan in the UK is still owned by the uh, the children's hospital that the writer, uh, Bear, gave to them. You're using your a very special episode of Rare <clears throat> Comics Voice. Well, it is a very serious <laughs> thing, you know. I And so they, they had a problem with you know, them publishing the book because they own the copyright to Peter Pan. They don't own it in the U.S. Um, it's only valid in, in the U.K. But uh, uh, they've come to an agreement where they will not publish it in the uh, U.K. until uh, t- after 2007 when the, the copyright is uh, no longer valid. So there you go. You can you masturbate can... to Lost Girls. So the, 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 the one thing that... It's legal now. <laughs> it's legal now. You well, don't have to worry. You'll, there'll be another edition, a UK first edition, I think oh, is what they're okay. calling it, uh, that you'll be able to buy there. So it's kind of interesting that you know Alan Moore is from there, and you know he's an English writer, and you can't get it yet. So, yeah. ha ha, ha ha, English <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> All hey. right, guys. Well, that will uh, that will wrap up our news for the week. That means it is time for top of the stack. Oh, I, I Tom, I, I uh, Chris, I. Um, yeah. I forgot to tell you guys that uh, uh-huh. I canceled Top of the Stack this week. Oh, you did? Yeah, no Top of the Stack. How about oh. we just say them and not say one goddamn thing about them? One nice thing? Yeah, say one ni- literally one sentence, and let's not fucking dick around. Just so an abbreviated Top of the Stack? Yes. Okay. We're just going to uh, run through... One thing. Uh, Jack of Fables 4 was really good. I enjoyed it All immensely. Right. Prison uh, Break. Woohoo! Superman, Batman, Annual Number 1 made me laugh out loud. I loved it. Planetary is done. There you wow. go, top of the stack. It was almost like a haiku top of the stack. What? What? Crank yeah, Crank. <laughs> last, last, last issue of uh, Planetary. Well, there's one more issue, there's but... There's an epilogue. Yeah, there's an epilogue. What? Yeah, man. Crank, come on. Over. Sit well, down. I don't have anything to say. I'm just going to <laughs> You, just you can't be corn hey, you know, we, <laughs> hey, Crank, we, we heard from Tim Seeley that you got a new nice orange hat from his mom. Hey, no, yeah. grandma. Uh, grandma. Grandma. Oh, <laughs> did she knit that for you? It's pretty, isn't it? It is very nice. Reporting <laughs> calls. Really What's um, going someone on? Someone calling him about a car. Um, you know, we'll still honor your bid on eBay for your car. Oh, dude. So many falses. What is it, a Pinto? A pacer, dude. You don't ride like a pacer, pacer. unless you're <laughs> wide <laughs> like a pacer. Right, exactly. I lost my phone. I don't know where it went. That's not my phone. Because that's not my pocket. Whose phone is it? I don't know, but it's not mine. You dropped your Check pocket. under your hat. I'm looking on the floor. Anyway, um, what? What's Last happening? issue. What? Yeah. Planetary's done, Hold dude. on, tell me about this. What? 26 issues. It's done. 26th came out Wednesday. It's over. 
Planetary is done, dude. I thought we were talking Ellis about the last gone. story no. arc of Crankcast. It's over. It's over. No. There's going to be one more issue that's going to be an epilogue, and that's it. It's done. But, the story but is done. I stuck with that issue for like 20 years for 10 <clears throat> issues. Well, yeah. there's an end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell You're you, man. Get it. What? Go on yeah. the engine. It, it's okay and, uh, because he's writing Thunderbolts. I'm crying now. right now. It's you okay. can't see this, but I'm crying. <laughs> what? Tears. Watch out for that. That's so a hot do you have, Don't worry, do you have be, a car yet? There'll be an omnibus edition. <laughs> You're talking about my car. I don't, I don't care about I planetary. don't give a shit about Craig's car right now. <laughs> You're talking I care about my car. I'm planetary. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually kind of more interested about the car until the absolute edition oh, comes out. Planetary. <laughs> Crank, you are you actually know, like in the comic book industry. Shouldn't you know this shit before we do? I don't know crap, dude. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what do you expect me to know that you don't know? <laughs> I know that like you know, if something comes in under budget, or over budget in my company, and that's about it. You know, like, <laughs> I know if my website updates are on time. I don't, you know, I don't know about what's going on with these other companies. What uh, what can we look forward to on the Crankcast uh, well, here uh, soon? <laughs> yeah. What do you got scheduled? What's coming in? What's on the docket? Is going to be a well, fill-in uh, issue? <laughs> yeah, what is horrible is... The, actually, the, Joe Cazada has asked to uh, come in and uh, The talk disaster about, that uh, was 53. You know, I, about the best you have to offer, or I have to offer, is that I got a car. <laughs> all right. Well, nice. yes, um, well I, in all yeah. seriousness, though, that, seriously, Crankcast is my number one podcast. It, it really is. is. Oh, shut up. I, 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 we'll broadcast before then. <laughs> it no, is my listen, favorite it's not podcast. About, it's not about him getting a car. It's about the details of how he got the car. Which That's draws people week. in. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is ready to kill me about that. Oh, please. <laughs> don't are you, are you, don't dri- spoil it. Are you two driving well, to Alaska to get the car? I'll tell you that I, I was honestly afraid at some point last night that Mike would no longer talk to me. <laughs> is the car in country? <laughs> the car is out front. Oh, oh we got to go take a it's picture. It's going to be a fucking big you got your camera? Like, giant fucking monster truck. But yeah, yeah, I was honestly afraid. Hey, Mike I know no the dude who drives the. Uh, nice. The Superman monster truck. Yeah. Really? I yeah. swear. Look, yeah. top of the stack's gotten already. I know. Like, this is insane. Right. Top of the stack uh, is done. Um, guys, we, we got a. Uh, you, yeah, okay. Planetary's gone? Yes, Planetary's <laughs> done. done. Thanks, oh. Greg. <laughs> All right. What? All right. Look forward to uh, Crankcast this week. And if you don't listen to Crankcast, it is one hour a week. It's, a, it's one hour of that. It's one hour of that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, if you miss Seinfeld and you like comic books, uh, listen to the Crankcast. All right, all right. Pussy, We've got a, a couple listener emails we need to get through. Uh, uh, top of the stack will return next week. Yeah, we got enough. We got. And people yeah. don't need to hear more than that. Uh, Jack Fables was good. Uh, Planetary's done. What do you read? Batman, Superman, Superman Batman, anyway. Captain right. America was right. good. Uh, this is an email from uh, Mike uh, from Mike Murma. Says hello. I'm a new listener to the pod, uh, new listener to the podcast to your show. That's a horrible sentence. Uh, but I've hey, enjoying it quite a bit. He's a listener, not an email or not a writer. Yeah. Come on, give him a break. Uh, sorry, Mike. Uh, as a comics fan in Michigan, well, see that's why he's a Tigers fan. Uh, I have a limited number of resources and friends that can discuss comics at the same level that I enjoy. I contribute to a weekly entertainment magazine in the Lansing area called The Noise, and I typically contribute uh, comics-related material. I wrote a column for The Noise about a month ago that lends itself to Friday's topic of Gateway Comics. I thought I'd share it with you guys. Uh, it's called Comic Books and the Significant Other, How to Get Her to Read Them Too. And, yeah, he uh, actually yeah. sent the, sent and, the whole uh, I figure we can, uh, we can post that on the Well, forum. I wanted to get his, uh, his uh, approval of it, um, but yeah, uh, interesting article. Um, next one is from Ed. 
He said, hey, guys, I did the podcast, which I don't know what that means. but uh, what the kids are saying, guys. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? I'm just not hip. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know there was such a thing until recently. I'm an independent comic writer slash art guy. Can I send you a few copies? You don't have to mention it on the show, but I'd like your opinion. Thanks, Ed. Ed, absolutely. Uh, it may take us a little while because we... We always eventually we, get to it. We try to really, yeah. It's just we get a lot of stuff sent into us, um, amazingly enough. And thank you to everyone that does it because yeah. we 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 think it's great. We'd love to see, and and we we will mention on the show anybody that sends stuff us their stuff. We try and get to and mention on the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and th- and that's why I put it in there. I know you said you know that we didn't have to mention it, but you know any anyone else out there that you know wants us to take a look at stuff. Yeah, I gotta read this next question. Okay, I know yeah. I read the last one, but I really want to read okay. this one. This is from this is from Gary, and this is uh, hey guys, I really dig the show. My buddy Lance and I listen every day at work, but the reason I'm writing is to pose the ultimate DC fanboy question to the legend <laughs> that is Tom Cater. Legend with a capital L, guys. That's right. Okay. Tommy. Uh, the only person that calls me Tommy is my mom. If you had the choice of either having a night of unbridled passion with Power Girl, Wonder Woman, Black Canary, Starfire, and Zan- Zatanna. Zantana. Zantana. <laughs> or kicking it with Jay Barry, Wally, and Bart, what would you choose? So here's the interesting thing. I think there's... There's a logical fault in this question because number one, I would kick it with Jay Barry, Wally, and Bart, but the talent I would pick up while hanging out with them. I mean, come on. <laughs> would would rival Power yeah, Girl? I mean, Power Zatanna. Girl has attitude problem. Wonder Woman. Uh, I'm staying as far away from that as possible. <laughs> Black Canary. Every, I'm not going anywhere. Everybody's banged her. Ollie Queen's been. You know, like you slept. It's like having sex with Green Arrow. Starfire's an alien. I'm. I've. I'm not 100% sure it works. And Zatanna, <laughs> uh, I don't know, she's just weird. So, I mean, I'd kick it with the Flash guys because, I mean, can you imagine the women? The surrounding the, babes, the babes. The babes that would hang out and with I you. Know ba- I, Barry, like, I know Barry's straight last, but man, I bet he could do a ton of shots. <laughs> All right, well, here's the next one from Michael Worrell. And this is one we've... We've pushed off a couple of times, but what the hell, let's, let's do it this time. Uh, he said, first, thanks for a great podcast. It rekindled my interest in comics, and after trying for a time to resist, I headed down to my local comic shop, bought a scattered assortment of books, and later submitted a pull list. I just wanted to chime in on the whole what is a Christian comic issue to say that even as an evangelical Christian of that kind, these products are typically marketed to. I don't think there is an easy answer to what makes a work Christian. Because we have so compartmentalized religion in our current culture, usually in service to political polemics, such a question seems to make sense. But many modern and classical artistic works defy easy categorization because they are not Christian for the purpose of hitting a target market. Your mention of the Narnia books is a great example. Some, including me, would say that any music or anything else that is created by Christians, even if it isn't about Christian or even if it isn't about Christ, is Christian. The reason is that a Christian's faith informs everything he or she does, and everything they do is done to glorify God. As a result, if a work is not explicitly Christian, it is done to best of a believer's ability, it glorifies God. <clears throat> U2 is a good example of this. Bono, 
Bono. 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 Bono has stated recently that he is often asked why his music doesn't explicitly glorify Christ, and his response is that it does. All good music does, and so does all of nature. Marketing and money have confused the issue. While explicitly Christian content is what most people think of when they think about the Christian label, even an atheist can make an explicitly Christian comic book. No insult intended to atheist. I'm just making a point. That would not result in a Christian work, in my opinion, no matter how many people line up to buy it. So I just hope that if someone is slapping the Christian label on a line of comic books, they produce the very best comics they can, because if the comics are terrible, it won't matter. That's an extremely intelligent and well-written uh, response to our sort of questions about mm-hmm. alias comics turning towards Christian. It, it's, it's there, there's not a whole lot that I can add to that. Because yeah. It's, it's well, and, you know, I've... I, I'm not a Christian. I'm not, and I, I'm not an atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, but I, I understand exactly what he's saying. Um, I think the I I, the atheist. term you are an atheist. Yes. Uh, and you could write a Christian comic. I could write a book that someone could label Christian. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's the whole point. It's not. It's when you label yourself mm-hmm. as Christian, and you talked about this. It's uh, about distribution. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it's a very well. It's a. It, he said everything that mm-hmm. I think should be said about it yeah. at this point. So bravo, uh, bravo. Right, right. I'm an agnostic. Right, by the way. Good, write good comics. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's what well, comes down to. Are we going to do a religious cast next week? Hey. No. Uh, that's yeah. that's the news and mm. our announcements. And it our, means it's the end of the show. It's the end of the show. It's that's the spooktacular. It. At the yeah. end. We get a little tired of it. <laughs> yeah, damn it, Tom! God fucking damn Shut it. Shut up! We end this goddamn Shut show. Shut up, Mike I, Norton. I, 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 missed, I missed the Cardinals winning the World Series for this. The Cardinals did win the World Series. I'm the happiest Ooh, man alive. By Monday, so. But it's like it's it's like I told you earlier, Chris. It's sort of like the battle of the have-nots. <laughs> they won the, the World Series, The two worst teams. Dude. I know. It goes down to the record. You're, you're, uh, you're woo, just... Cardinals win. Yay. Whatever. Matt it's football. Fraction, now I can get, get the football. Oh. Burn St. Louis to the Please. ground. <laughs> Are you better. In right. Casanova, if you don't burn St. Louis to the ground in some issue of Casanova, I will... Stop reading that no, book. No, what you should do is you should have someone set a fire in St. Louis, like in issue seven, and have it burn for like nine <laughs> seven issues. <laughs> Just keep cutting back to it. All right. We are now proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the CPNO's collection, some of the best comic book podcasts on the net. You can learn more about the network and find more great podcasts at comicspodcast.com. Uh, thanks for on the forum this week. Um, what are the you know, the EC posts? And, and I'm sorry if we didn't get to everyone's e- forum posts or emails. We only read Don't get angry at us, wink, wink. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Just so everyone is aware, we post uh, next week's topic on Tuesdays at the forum at www.aroundcomics.com. Uh, just uh, go to the forum and you can see what we're going to be talking about later that week. Uh, check out the uh, Exterminator's Bug Hunt. The Listener LCS Challenge. Do us a solid there. Uh, drop us a vote at Podcast Alley. Would appreciate it. And, of course, my favorite, the iTunes Music Review. Be as cool as Andy Parks. Uh, thank you to InStockTrades.com. Check them out for some of the 
best prices on collected editions and trades. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, Sal, Tom, yes, Mr. Seeley, Steve Niles, Russ uh, Jesse Bosch. Bosch. A great lineup of folks. Uh, I, I don't know if we scared... Yeah, Crank. I don't know if we scared anyone, but uh, hopefully it was a scary good time. There's your bad fun for the week. <laughs> everyone, Christ. have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Monday <laughs> with another full-length episode. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in... And around comics. If you would like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the Contact Us section of our website. For that and the latest in comics news and opinions, go to www.aroundcomics.com. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next week, where the panel will change, but our mission stays the same, bringing you the best in discussion, news, and reviews in and around comics. <laughs>